0: I'd like to call the meeting to order, please. Can I ask the clerk to please um, call the roll? Trustee Lawrence? Here.
1: Trustee DeVere? Here. Trustee Hernandez? Here. Trustee Banerjee? Here. Trustee Charlton? Here. Trustee Jensen? Here. Trustee Zorthian? Here. Trustee Thompson? Here. Trustee Luciani. President.
0: Hi, Jim. We have a quorum.
2: Hey, Michelle.
0: Okay, we have a quorum. We have a quorum. Uh, Thank you. Um, We have some employee recognition, and um, would you like to take that now?
3: Yes, please. Uh, So, uh, good evening, uh, trustees and and guests. Um, This is, uh, well, welcome to our annual meeting, our first meeting of of, of January of uh, 2017, a business meeting, that is. with new years come new things, and uh, one of the things that we've talked about in past years is that the organization um, has a couple of ways, one way that's primary, but a couple of ways in which we recon- reward and recognize uh, staff for exceptional work, and um, uh, despite that, we've, we also acknowledge that we need to do more of that, and we have uh, and create a lot more opportunities to recognize the outstanding work that people throughout our organization are doing, uh, uh, not just on unique occasions, but every day, and so... Uh, We're sort of uh, uh, coining this uh, exceptional people delivering excellence every day. And um, just wanted to put it in context by saying that AHS is on our journey, as you know, to population health and wellness, and our employees are absolutely key to that success. Uh, We know that our mission drives our sense of purpose uh, for many who choose to work at AHS, along with our shared vision to promote wellness, eliminate disparities, and optimize the health of our diverse communities. Uh, This this dedication shows up in amazing abundance across our organization uh, through people who go above and beyond in the way that they deliver care to our patients and the manner in which they support each other. Uh, The certificate of recognitions that we'd like to uh, give out this evening um, provide an opportunity to pause and celebrate people who exemplify our mission, uh, act in accordance with our values, and demonstrate excellence. Uh, these These extraordinary employees come before us having received accolades from patients and families. Uh, providers and their peers. They are selected through collaborative review by their chief administrative officers and other leaders and presented as a model of outstanding service to our patients and our colleagues. Uh, Each of our CAOs, actually with the exception of one because the honoree uh, couldn't make it tonight, but um, our other CAOs uh, for um, uh, acute services and post-acute services, I will introduce the employees being recognized this evening by sharing a brief story describing their efforts um, uh, that they take to ensure excellence in the lives and the contribution of AHS. So I'll invite um, uh, John Chapman up first to share one for Highland.
4: Good afternoon. I'm pleased to announce three superstars representing Highland today. And the first I'd like to call up is Brenetta Carter, To share a few words uh, for this nominee, um, Brenetta works in environmental services at Highland, and her and her uh, leader describes her as an employee that always goes above and beyond the call of duty when asked to provide services to anyone that needs uh, her support. Her customer services is second to none. Every day she is here at Highland. I called uh, a few of the nurse uh, leaders uh, up on the floors where Brenetta occupies and. They describe her as taking her role, job and roles very seriously on a day to day basis, and they consider her a role model for the EVS department. Thank you so All right. Thank you. The next awardee I'd like to call up is Aura uh, Belaska Gomes. Uh, she's a registered nurse in our ED. Ora Belasco-Gomes is recognized in the ED uh, for being an exemplary leader and team player. Aura has filled the role of relief charge nurse for years. She is always willing to assist her colleagues and advocates strongly for patient safety. Like many of our charge nurses, she often takes on several assignments, in addition to the charge role, in order to ensure the ED maintains patient throughput even most trying of times. Just recently, you may have heard that we've had a a number of... uh, uh, borders, uh, uh, hard throughput. We had a few uh, patient safety events, and, and during that time, uh, her coworkers described her as the one putting out the fires, escalating safety issues, and supporting her colleagues. Ora stands out as a leader by assisting wherever she could help, care for the ED patients, keeping the purpose of the department in mind, even when not acting in the role of the lead charge nurse. So thank you for all the work you do, Ora. And lastly, many of you know this person, Uh, Natasha Ravar Evans is our manager of facilities at Highland. Come on up, Natasha. Natasha has become a dependable resource to all leaders here at Highland. When a problem is reported to her, she is receptive and customer focused. She does not delay in taking the necessary steps to prepare and resolve, and communicates to all parties with frequent updates. In fact, Usually, I'm the person getting the updates. (laughs) (laughs) She calls me at seven in the morning and at three in the morning for the same problem, so I know she's here all the time. Her peers and customers, viewers, is extremely accountable and one who will get the job done. There are many times Natasha comes in off hours, dependent on the problem, and personally leads the oversight of the work. This is appreciated by me, her direct reports, her peers, and her staff. Congratulations, Natasha. So, next, I guess I'll turn it over to James since he had the microphone first.
5: Thank you, John. Good afternoon. Excuse my back, please. Um, I would like to first share with you uh, the nomination for Louise Cortier, who could not be here today, but I wanted you to hear about her. Louise is an interventional radiology tech at San Leandro Hospital, so I'll read you the letter that she received on behalf of uh, a pr- appreciative family and this was written by myself about a month ago. Dear Louise, I recently learned of an interaction you had with a young patient who was in for a CT exam. His mother shared what an exceptional job you did and observed that you were calm as you explained everything and that you were friendly and treated her son well. Your actions and body aided in practice, a fine example for all to emulate, and I appreciate you. Sincerely, James Jackson. And so she could not be here this evening, but I'll give her the certificate as well as the pin. Next up, I would like to ask Estrelita Reyes to come up and join me. So I'm gonna share with you um, again what I heard from a family about Estrelita. Dear Estrelita, I recently learned of your efforts that resulted in the location of a record in an expedited manner that was very beneficial to our former patient and very much appreciated by the patient's family members. When you heard about the dilemma caused by this record not being available, you went out of your way to facilitate the location of the record at the off-site storage facility and then oversaw the transmission of the needed information so the patient could have the procedure that was being delayed. Your compassion and determination made a positive difference in the care of this patient. Your actions embody the compassionate care that Alameda Hospital is known for, and you're a fine example for all to emulate. I appreciate you. Sincerely, James. Thanks yeah. so much. All right, <laughs> next up, Richard Espinoza.
6: Good afternoon. I get the pleasure of doing the post-acute services, which constitutes uh, five different locations, so we have five uh, recipients. Unfortunately, two couldn't be here because they're sick, but we still want to make sure that we acknowledge them. One of them is Margaret Zornel. She's a registered nurse from our acute rehab at Fairmont, and it was submitted that Margaret is a true asset to our acute rehab unit at Fairmont. She's extremely flexible with her schedule and assists by working different shifts in order to support her team and the patients. Margaret is a strong team member who demonstrates professionalism on a daily basis. She develops trusting relationships with her patients and they always have glowing comments about how kind and courteous she is, touching our hearts of our patients. So congratulations to Margaret. (laughs) As I move on to the skilled nursing facilities, there are four different ones. Um, I just wanna preface this by saying, as we've discussed in the past, all of our SNFs have been CMS rated uh, five stars, the highest rating they can be. And it's only because of the people that we're, we're honoring this evening and for the others in the building. So, Edward Simeon is one of our certified nursing assistants at South Shore. And Edward's incredibly compassionate and can be found either with his residents or with his family members. He's incredibly engaging, a great conversationalist, and can often be found either coming in early or staying a little bit late to make sure that he finishes his conversations, finger painting, fingernail painting of his residents, or brushing their hairs. He's incredibly engaged with his families and with his residents. So congratulations to Edward as well. I'd like to invite Sirosh Grover from our Fairmont skilled nursing facility. I asked Saroche if I could share this before she came up, and, uh, and she said it was okay. But Sarosh has been with the system for over 32 years. Wow. Wow. She's seen a lot of residents and has made a lot of changes. <laughs> and the summary was that Sarosh is a major team player and has a strong understanding of the ins and outs of her unit. She's incredibly resourceful, works well with the team, supports her fellow nurses and CNAs, and assists with the survey process. She works incredibly well with her residents as well, as well as her coworkers and physicians. She has a very strong uh, clinical skills and identifies slight changes of conditions early to be very proactive in her care. She is thoughtful in her approaches and very considerate in her work. And again, she's given 32 years of service to us. We are incredibly lucky to work with you. Thank you, Sir Roche. <laughs>
7: Richard, my uh,
1: CAO, Diana, my IDON, and uh, above
8: all, Bridger Doyle, who watches me in and around <laughs> and sees through. And I love you all. Thank you. Yeah.
7: Thank you.
6: Next, I'd like to invite Christine Telmo boten up. And Christine is in our subacute unit at Al- Alameda Hospital. Christine is our patient services coordinator, and so Christine is often our first um, introduction to our our unit, so she works very closely with our families and with our residents. Uh, Christine takes on tasks with a smile and is eager and willing to expand and grow her skills. She's a super user for all of the computer programs and often helps employees all over the hospital, not just in our unit. Christine is an active member of PROPS, which is our peer recognition, recognition of phenomenal service, and she writes the newsletter for the group. Christine works with the IDT team to coordinate appointments, family care conferences, uh, the cleaning schedules, which is incredibly complicated on a ventilator and trach unit. And she goes above and beyond all the time. She assists the unit with uh, staffing and ensures that the regulatory compliance is met on a daily basis. She has also assisted in identifying opportunities for the unit to be more efficient. Christine is driven, self-motivated, and an asset to the team. Congratulations, Christine. And from Park Bridge, I'd like to uh, invite Jojo guests to come up. So Jojo is well regarded by our residents at Park Ridge. He makes uh, very good friends with the residents as well as his co-workers. And they've said that Jojo is dedicated and committed to providing exceptional care to our residents on a daily basis. He has a positive attitude and has a great relationship with his fellow co-workers and the residents of the facility. He's a go-getter and goes above and beyond to assist when needed always. He always lends a helping hand with his team members and takes his time with his residents, building a strong connection with them. He's well thought of from both co workers and residents. He is always in good spirits and shares his joy with the team and the residents. Congratulations and thank you for all you do. And that concludes Post Q. Thank you.
3: Anyone else? Over to you. No, nope. that's all.
0: Uh, on behalf of the board, and I'm sorry my back is to the majority of you, but uh, on behalf of the board, um, we do want to thank you for your service. You know, In a time that is such uncertainty, um, it gives me a great deal of confidence to know that we have an army of people ready to stand by our, our community and our patients. Thank you so much for what you do. And you are, more, you are more than welcome to stay for the meeting. We'll, we'll start, or you guys can go and party now. So <laughs> it's entirely up to you. Okay, we're going to move the agenda now to the public, public comment section. And I have three individuals who would like to make public comment. Uh, the first is uh, Dr. Robert Deutsch. Would you like to come forward and speak to the board?
9: Mm. Right here, Michelle. Fine. Thank you. My name is Dr. Robert Dowich. I'm a member of the City of Alameda Healthcare District Board uh, for gee, maybe around eight years. Um, I'm former president of the medical staff at Alameda Hospital. I've been on the medical executive committee of Alameda Hospital for many years. I'm a former medical staff member at Highland Hospital and also uh, Chief of the Thoracic uh, Medicine Division and Medical Director of Respiratory Therapy here at Highland for 17 years. Um, I come here today to draw your attention and hopefully a quick corrective action to the current Alameda Health System strategy of being out of contract with the four major commercial health plans in Alameda County. Out of contract until the health plans agree to major rate increases. This policy has for, has, has for more than one year Deprive large segments of our community the ability to readily use our health care services in Alameda that they have used for decades. This strategy of not renewing these contracts unless and until the health plan significantly increased reimbursement rates has resulted, for example, in Alameda Hospital surgical, inpatient and outpatient volumes to be well below budget, but more importantly has alienated Alamedians from the community hospital that their families have used for decades and made them feel they no longer have a community hospital. An Alameda Hospital is a community hospital that is supported by a self-imposed parcel tax of $6 million a year and sales tax of probably double that amount under the assumption that the community could readily use the hospital for its healthcare needs. A large segment cannot and has not been able to for more than a year. While the goal of AHS receiving fair rates for services provided is one we all share, The unilateral decision to cut off access to our community without any input or collaboration from stakeholders and ignoring the repeated entreaties about the resulting collateral and reputational damage violates the spirit of the joint powers agreement that transferred operations of our hospital to AHS and is against the mission statement of AHS of serving all. One of the major reasons for creation of the affiliation between Highland, San Leandro, an Alameda hospital, was to generate community support for the passage of the June 2014 Alameda County Measure AA that extended for 15 years a countywide sales tax, 0.5%, thereby providing AHS with over $120 million a year until the year 2032. The last thing Alameda voters expected after that vote and the prior 2002 Alameda hospital parcel tax vote was that a large proportion of them would then be denied the facility that they have financially supported and traditionally used. Additionally, the affiliations with Alameda and San Leandro hospitals were intended to create a larger network in order to serve more communities than the traditional underserved populations that Highland Hospital and county Clinic serve. Ironically, AHS now welcomes uninsured patients with no income source, but makes it unwelcoming for well-insured patients. The administration has adopted a policy of a prompt pay program for commercial patients, but this program has exceptions, uncertainties, hurdles, and overall poor execution. And the bottom line is that very few patients have been able to use this, estimated at three to four outpatients per week. We were told in Alameda that 15 months ago that the contracting issues would be resolved very soon, 15 months ago. In June 2016, after nine months without contracts, the Alameda Healthcare District Board um, had a special session and a town hall meeting and uh, c- devoted to this one issue. Petitions were signed by 350 residents, and a separate petition was signed by every member of the Alameda Hospital Medical Staff. It called for the immediate reinstitution of the contracts. At that meeting, over 30 members of the public, including the mayor who's here today, and two city council members, spoke for approval of a resolution advocating that AHS promptly reinstitute the contracts, even while supporting efforts to renegotiate higher rates. AHS administrators said that they heard the message, they would do everything possible to expedite the process, and and they'd keep us updated. However, now, another seven months later, we still do not have contracts. This issue is roiling our communities and damaging the otherwise collaborative relationship between our hospital and the AHS network. Indeed, this policy contradicts the mission and vision statement of both Alameda Hospital, namely, to be the provider of choice and the center of healthcare services for our entire community, and AHS's mission statement, caring, healing, teaching, serving all, emphasis on all. I would appreciate if this board, after more than a year, would give some attention to this important matter that rather than write off the Alameda commercial community, Uh, uh, from accessing care in Alameda. I'm available either at this meeting or in the future uh, uh, time to answer any further inquiries. And I know that AHS is in the process of trying to reestablish those contracts. And I know there's been progress made, but 12 to 15 months is far too long, there's been damage done, and, 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 and I feel this cannot go any further without se- permanently damaging the relationship and and how people feel about AHS and, and, and Alameda Hospital. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Dr. Dush. It's not the board's uh, prerogative nor our policy to engage in conversation relative to this at I the understand. meeting. But I promise you this is not an issue that has been swept under the rug. The board is in fact having ongoing conversations about this very issue. So, um, Uh, We heard you and it will not be ignored, I promise. Thank you. Mm -hmm. The uh, next individual is uh, Trish Spence. The Mayor of Alameda. Oh, thank you. Sorry, Mayor. Honorable, the Honorable.
1: First of all, I appreciate the opportunity to speak today. I am one of the people that spoke, I think it was six months ago. This is a serious problem, and I want to put a face on it. I really appreciate Dr. Deutsch's comments. Um, I really appreciate that we have Mr. Jackson uh, that we've been collaborating with. And we are making progress, and I appreciate everything he's done. At the end of the day, we have patients who have serious health issues who instead of going to our local hospital have to go somewhere else for care, that is a serious problem. And let me, let me tell you what it really means. I appreciate the prompt pay. I am a breast cancer survivor. Thank God I'm still here to advocate for people that have gone through health journeys. What does that really mean? I'm triple negative. I was given two years to live. Thank God I'm on year 10. I have, I, I was very fortunate. I have health care. I have Blue Cross. However, what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means in the city of Alameda. It means just recently, unfortunately, I had to go back to doing infusions. I will be doing infusions again at this rate we're thinking every five months and I have an amazing doctor, Dr. Checky. But what does that really look like? Okay, first of all when I had my journey before with my private insurance, we get our bills, sometimes they're wrong. I have a stack of bills. They are wrong. We have to go through them anyway. What we have to pay out of pocket is very, very challenging when you are on that kind of health journey and you have regular bills to pay. I'm not rich. I rent. I get, you know, from as mayor, I actually don't make a lot of money. It's about my, what, my stipends, $400 a month or something like that. However, it's a very worthy cause to advocate for people who need help. And that's why I enjoy being mayor. One of the things we need help with is our health care. So what does that look like, though? As much as this prompt pay is, when you have to do all the math to figure out if you got reimbursed for everything, bill after bill after bill, surgery after surgery, treatment after treatment, that's what that really looks like. It is too much work as it is. Even with the health insurance I had, it was too much. Now... I have to drive to Herrick, and that's what I did. I went to Herrick. I got my treatment. I have to go off-island. I have to go there. I can't just ask my neighbor to drive me. How many neighbors want to take off? And, by the way, the treatment's like six hours already. Let's tack on another couple hours. We need your help. It is past due. One hour, one, sorry, one year we don't have. Make it work. Make it happen. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mayor. Another comment from Arnold Billinger. Mr. Brillinger.
2: I did not know when I decided to come here today that my CNA would be honored. Jojo is, is a wonderful person, and it's uh, great that you honor employees from your group. Now, I just came from a resident council meeting at Park Bridge, and at that time, we were talking about Jojo and some of the other people who are very, very good CNAs because not only do they do what they're supposed to do, they're kind of like they take care of us to the point of where, you know, sometimes I forget a certain thing that I need to have before I go out the door or whatever. Is Oh, come back here. You need to do this. But also, we talked about the fact that we have so many people from the registry coming because people of CNAs, from our facility have gone on to Highland or wherever they could find more money. And we talked about the parade of people that go by. I know that this board has worked on this, and I know that they either have a solution or are very close to a solution. Mm -hmm. But the point for me coming and talking is to say, we need to hurry this up, we need they need to get their just rewards because these people are the ones who affect our quality of life. And as they do, the better that they feel about their job, the better they will work with us. And granted, we do have a couple of registry people that have been coming so often that we think that they're part of the staff. We also have some registry people that are very good. And we've commented to them, you know, saying, hey, go down there, go down to the main office, sign up. And all we get is laughter, raucous laughter. They say, well, we can't do that. They don't pay enough here. And so that's the reason that I came down again and the reason I've been here a number of times. that uh, It's for the quality of life, it's for making sure that the people who are good stay with us. We've lost a number of people over the last few months and we can't lose any more. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Billinger. Um, We admire your tenacity, so thank you. Good to see you again. Okay, I I would like to move. Yes, sir.
2: Now, I, I I do know Mayor Trish. Um, I'm on her commission for disability issues for the city of Alameda, and so
0: she chose wisely. You know, Good, and,
2: thank you. And another thing, just in regards to that, the last time I was here, you were talking about branding, and if. Uh, You notice a couple of weeks ago, I was here at the finance meeting. Not everyone was here, I know. But I had different signs on my chair. See, what what better brand could you have than to have me riding through
10: Alameda (laughs)
11: saying, (laughs) go to Alameda Hospital, Right.
0: Thank you, sir. Okay, we're going to move now to our medical staff reports. Yes, sir. Good
11: evening. Um, those of you don't know me, my name is Gene, yep. and I'm the medical staff president for the core, um, and I'm doing the, um, the core report. First of all, I have to just do an update on uh, chair searches. We have four department chair searches which are underway at this time, which is actually, might be unprecedented. Four out of, I believe, 12 um, chairs are undergoing a, um, a revision. There are anesthesi- anesthesiology, psychiatry, maternal and child health, and surgery, um, all of whom have s- chairs of search committee, um, who've been named, we've all, we've engaged uh, HP and HR uh, to help with uh, search firms. Anesthesiology, they're actually uh, reviewing the first round of interviews ha- happening on January 31st, psychiatry, the search firm has been retained. Surgery is a little bit complicated in that um, the surgery department uh, chair, the, the, there's a, a long standing relationship with UCSF, so UCSF is actually intimately involved in the chair of search. Um, and Dr. Valerie Ng, our uh, chair of uh, pathology, is chair of the search committee, but UCS, UCSF is very intimately involved in that, um, and that's a collaborative approach and then Maternal and Child Health is just getting started um, with uh, the search committee and uh, hopefully in the next few months we will have a resolution to um, at least two if not all of them um, in the next few months.
0: And they're national searches, I assume? Correct, they
11: are national searches. All of them also involve internal candidates as well, um, but they are are ongoing national searches.
0: Okay. Thank you.
11: Um, Next up, I have to discuss a little bit about the transfer center, Um, we've actually had um, we've had a, a bit of a, with the winter months, the hospital's been very impacted in terms of the amount of beds available. We've had uh, our transfer center, which is open um, Monday through Friday from 8 to 4.30, has been incredibly helpful um, in facilitating transfers of stable patients to both Alameda and Alameda Hospital and St. Landra Hospital. Um, we actually had a bit of a um, crisis, I believe two weeks ago where we declared an internal disaster because we had um, upwards of 30 patients in the emergency department who were admitted waiting, uh, waiting beds. Wow. Um, it was a tremendous effort, however, and, uh, and uh, during the course of this internal disaster, we um, called an extra staff. Alameda Hospital and St. Leandro Hospital were very generous in accepting additional patients, and within the course of 24 hours, we got that number down to 15, which is still a lot, um, but it was no longer sort of in the, in the disaster crisis mode that has led us to discuss um, ongoing changes for sort of saturation guidelines. Um, whereas uh, there are a lot of sort of novel, um, novel techniques employed to get patients upstairs, call in additional staff. Um, and so we're in the process of developing um, what I would call circuit breakers. So that um, much like the stock market, if it falls too much, everything stops trading. Um, so circuit breakers in terms of like when we get too many patients, X happens when we get you know, 15 patients, X plus Y happens when we get 20 patients. You know. So that, that is an ongoing effort, and uh, I hope to report to them in the coming months that those uh, saturation guidelines have been uh, established and well thought out. One of the additions uh, is that we're, uh, we believe that the Transfer Center has been quite successful. Um, it's challenging in that it hasn't opened 24 um, seven, but that's the, the first part of the Transfer Center has been, as I understand it, more of a, um, a feasibility phase, and it's, um, as I understand it, it's now going to be going towards uh, more hours throughout the, throughout that the entire week. That was the week.
0: board's understanding That's as well. Correct, mm-hmm. correct.
11: So it has been great, and uh, we only really encourage its continued use. Um, that being said, over the weekend, I transferred patients, a patient to San Leandro Hospital at 4 in the morning, and that wasn't too difficult. So so even outside of the transfer center hours, we are able to execute transfers. Um, it's just there are some more loops. It depends on staffing needs and um, staffing availability, um, so that part's going well. Um, a comment on the True North metrics, the length of stay for admitted patients, uh, the November median length of stay for Highland was uh, 11 hours and 24 minutes um, in the emergency department, uh, up 12 minutes from October. Again, the focus has been on uh, pretty intense case management uh, and ED boarding. The ED length of stay for discharge patients is now two hours and 54 minutes, so those are patients who were seen in the emergency department and can, went home, and that's actually, uh, for November, that was actually 12 minutes lower than October. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have the December numbers with me, but I'm assuming the admitted patient numbers will be up, um, just because of the seasonal variation on that. Um, Also, the uh, CORE has instituted a clinical documentation improvement program, which is uh, designed to review ongoing records um, to facilitate accurate documentation, billing, and appropriate reimbursement, and so we we look forward to that, actually um, changing both our accurate documentation and also our bottom line in terms of billing. Um, and that's going to be coming online in the next next few months. Um, the medical staff is also instituting a new um, a new process for uh, physician well-being, which is something we talked about at the last meeting. Um, there's there are two main components. One is that the medical staff bylaws establish a what's called a physician well-being committee, um, and that's for physicians who are um, there may may be professionalism issues. There may be um, uh, addiction issues, et cetera. That's a confidential committee that is established at every single hospital, the Physician well-being Committee. That committee has, unfortunately, hasn't been very active um, in terms of, that's the wrong way to put it. Um, that committee didn't really exist for the last year or so, and we've reestablished it. Um, so we're very happy that that, that is the case. Um, but in addition, the medical staff has decided that, um, that well, wellness is a separate issue, and that is involving uh, the wellness of providers sort of ac- across the spectrum. Um, and that is um, incredibly important. and Something we feel is probably the, the most important thing that the medical staff is facing right now in terms of burnout, um, engagement, et cetera. So we're establishing a new uh, wellness committee. Um, I volunteered to chair it uh, and uh, because I think it's incredibly important and so even after I'm no longer in this <laughs> position, I intend to do that for hopefully the rest of my career because um, it seems like the right thing to do. So that's a uh, physician well-being as separate from provider wellness, which is a much broader, uh, broader category.
0: I, I also suspect, with the uh, uncertainty, that the stress levels that are affecting our medical providers I- is really pretty acute at this point.
11: Correct. I mean, I think that there's um, there's clearly a, uh, a sort of group anxiety um, about healthcare in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, that is uh, that is that is clear that that's affecting um, all the providers now. Um, and finally, just a couple of uh, Things, quality and safety reports. Um, We've had a number of uh, events um, that you heard at at our prior meeting. Um, Our patient uh, patient care service dashboard, the data uh, presented for emergency department, ICU, MCH are are all uh, meeting ninety to one hundred percent performance levels. There are some areas of improvement: um, care plans in the ICU, skin bundle compliance, and sepsis screening in the emergency department, as well as some documentation issues in uh, in trauma and. uh, and uh, in the emergency department. Um, Of note, I want to just call attention to the publicly reported data right now for the the star ratings. Um, I'm sure you guys uh, are probably aware. Um, uh, Highland is listed as a uh, one star hospital. We actually uh, compare that to other um, safety net hospitals and there are a lot of similarly um, themed hospitals who have one star ratings. Cook County, uh, Grady, there are other sort of hospitals and hospital systems that face challenges, some of the same challenges we do. Um, But uh, it is, uh, one star rating is slightly concerning. Um, But we have noticed that uh, we are at or above the national average in terms of mortality, readmissions, um, efficient use of medical imaging, cost effectiveness of care. Um, We have some uh, (coughs) below the national average, (coughs) including timeliness of care and patient experience, which is of course all available publicly. Um, And that is the conclusion of my report.
0: Thank you. I think the board will be interested in looking at our data as we go through, and I know Delvecchio's been been pretty um, committed to making certain that we have more and more benchmarks, of it, particularly relative to what you just said. Mm-hmm. San Leandro, Dr. Shah. Right, so
12: um, I'll start with the provider coverage. As you know, uh, GIA was um, a little bit of an issue. One of the provider who has been on a prolonged leave um, Uh, He had finally come back without doing any inpatient work. Uh, We had a a patch coverage. Uh, One of the other physician has joined us, uh, and I think the HS is still looking at the permanent solution for Alameda Hospital and San Leandro for a good GI coverage on a continuous basis. So the search is on. Hopefully, uh, we'll get somebody at some point. Uh, But so far, uh, we're not transferring patients out of San Leandro. Uh, or our network, except for ERCP, uh, which we talked to um, our CMO uh, the other day that there is also a process of setting up a, a centralized ERCP center uh, within EHS system, which would be definitely good because that's where the GI is going, uh, where there's a lot of interventions being done by these new uh, GI uh, trained physicians. So, San Leandro so far is good, whenever we need ERCP, we transfer them to uh, Saint Rose Hospital, because the doctor who is coming to San Leandro is able to provide that service. So we're, we're okay for now. Um, we are also starting, um, uh, this has been on our radar for a long time, uh, even when I was chief of staff that to have a CME, um, Program which we had lost uh, accreditation, uh, I think, a couple of years or three years ago. So a system-wide CME through Skype, um, that would be, um, you know, soon started as we get um, all the documents filled in by Cetera. There is a few doctors, as you see, who are chairing this committee from San Leandro Hospital. Um, we will also have um, a presentation by ACCMA for MACRA. Um, about the Medicare guidelines and so on and so forth in the near future. Uh, the program will be, uh, I think, on in February sometime, uh, if I'm not wrong, yes. Um, the other thing I think San Leandro started uh, is FACES program, which uh, basically um, kind of uh, gets the youth involved from San Leandro Hayward and maybe from Oakland area to uh, participate uh, or kind of expose them to a medical, um, uh, different um, areas of the medical field so they can choose uh, as they are growing and they're being exposed to that. So we will be getting our first batch of FACES student, which is from San Leandro High School, um, and they will be exposed to different areas of the hospitals. Um, could it be a, a, a nursing or a, a Ultrasound tech to pharmacy and I hope uh, at some point physicians will be involved as well uh, looking at um, uh, Detailed of how we can kind of make that possible as well where they could be interacting with patients. So that is in the works uh, As far as our ratings we were two star uh, CMS star rating um, and we did discuss about this at MEC, and it seemed like the data was mostly from 2013 to 2015. Uh, and, um, you know, that was not the good time to collect all the yeah. data. Um, so we're definitely still looking at it to improve our patient rounding, uh, making sure the documentation is correct. Uh, these all things kind of pile up together to give you a star rating. Um, as far as uh, harm, uh, there was, I think, one harm in November, uh, which was um, one of the patients who was in ICU for a prolonged period of time, I think over eight weeks, uh, had a stage one or two ulcer, and uh, I think by the time she was discharged, as a matter of fact, we didn't think she was gonna survive, but uh, she did well and uh, she basically walked out of the hospital and um, her wound was almost healed, so that's, that's what we have uh, so you. far from
0: San Diego. Uh, I heard you say something earlier, and I mis- maybe misunderstood, about the transfer of a patient to, or patients to, St. Rose. Can, can you give a little more and why, why the need to go there as opposed, opposed to our system hospitals?
12: So when a certain GI patients, if they need a special procedure, uh, which is an ERCP, where they there's the only very few physicians, uh, not very few, but only the newer uh, grads are able to do that. Um, we don't have the ERCP capabilities uh, in Alameda or San or in uh, here. That wow. My understanding is we're creating one. So, so far, St. Rose has that capability of doing it, uh-huh. and that's why the doctor who is uh, covering for our GI services is able to go there because he's on staff there and uh-huh. he takes the patient. Uh, with him and <coughs> then we bring him back.
13: We send our the Highland ones up to Summit or even across the bay.
0: It, it might be worthy of our looking to see how many instances that occurs because it, then you raise that to a higher level of, of acquiring the services of somebody on staff. So
3: we're doing that.
0: You G-I are doing has that? Been on the okay. GI has been on that
8: line, right? Yes, so yes.
3: Way. That's part of what we're doing uh, um, through Thank you. Yeah. yeah, business
0: plan, yeah. Great, great, good. Um, any other comments from? We're missing Alameda today, but uh, okay. Thank you. You know, it, you. it's really nice that you've expanded the reports, the doctor reports. Before it was just, it was a form that was filled out, and you guys just said it, and and it's so much nicer to have you fill us in, and we appreciate you taking the extra time to be here. So you're welcome to stay through the whole meeting, or if you want to go. Cure some patients. You you can certainly do that too. <laughs> Our party, yes. And you can join the others. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, we're moving now to the board president report, and um, uh, there are a couple things before we before we get into some meat, some more meaty topics. Um, I would, Jim. Are you around, Lugiani?
14: Yeah,
0: I'm here. Great. Uh, with the board's permission, I'd like to move action I up into the front of the agenda. And um, Jim, we um, are going to miss you greatly, and so um, we have some a few comments to give to you tonight um, in your send-off since this is the last meeting you will be with us. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to our VP, who has graciously decided to read this to you so pay attention
15: and we already oh
12: missed I, 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 I'm ready for the test
15: So Jim I came on at the same time as you and um, It's uh, you were very helpful and giving me some guidance and i like to think I <coughs> Gave you a little input from my side of things as well and So I'm, I we miss you already, but anyway that said um, a resolution in gratitude and recognition of board service. Whereas, in order to, meet, uh, to best meet the health care needs of the residents of Alameda County, the California State Legislature approved in 1998 the establishment of an independent public hospital authority, Alameda County Medical Center. and Whereas, in 2014, the Alameda County Medical Center was renamed Alameda Health System in light of its expanded mission of caring, healing, teaching, serving all, Whereas Jim Lujanani was appointed to the Board of Trustees of Alameda Health System April 22, 2014, at a time when vision and leadership were required to position Alameda Health System for success under the implementation of the Affordable Care Act and its historic impact on access to and delivery of healthcare services. and Whereas Jim Lujanani served on the Board of Trustees as the organization expanded to include community hospitals in San Leandro and Alameda communities, the establishment of a system support center site for staff, the completion of a new acute care tower, and the appointment of a new chief executive officer. And whereas Jim Lujanani served with distinction as chair of the finance committee and as a member of the audit and compliance and executive committees during his tenure on the board of trustees, and whereas Jim Lujanani has been a trusted colleague to other trustees, executive management, and employees, and his tireless commitment to the organization has been fundamental to the achievement of Alameda Health System's mission and growth. Whereas on January 31st, 2017, Jim will end his service with the Board of Trustees, now therefore be it resolved, the Board of Trustees is grateful for Jim's leadership and contributions which have prepared Alameda Health System for a vibrant future and further, resolved further, the Board of Trustees expresses its deepest thanks and appreciation for Jim's counsel Friendship and years of service to AHS and the people of Alameda County and wishes him and his family the best of health and happiness in the years ahead.
0: Would you join me in applauding Jane? <laughs> Jim, any words of wisdom you would like to impart with before you um, before
11: you well,
12: exit? I, I won't impart words of wisdom, but I will um, just express my gratitude towards um, everyone, not only for this such tremendous and uh, thoroughly undeserved honor, but um, for the opportunity to serve. And um, uh, I, I feel very confident that um, you know, Alameda Health System is in uh, great hands. And I look forward to uh, contributing in other ways. Um, uh, Whenever I possibly can, and I hope that if I can be of service, that you will uh, call on me in the future. And one day, um, hopefully sooner than later, I I would love to attend uh, a board meeting as a guest just to say um, hello and goodbye uh, in person. And then thanks again for all of your um, friendship and trust and
0: uh, legality as well. Well, you know that you're always welcome, and it would be wonderful to see you. And we're going to keep our fingers crossed that Anthony will put David Cox through the same kind of paces that. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so I may be calling for notes on that. Yes, so. Uh, uh,
11: Anthony, give me a buzz, and I'll, I'll tell you the secret. Yeah.
7: Uh,
5: I need lots of help. Okay.
0: Yeah. Th- thank you very much, Jim, for your service. I sincerely you appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. Um, on thank, m- you. thank you. Moving to another topic, I, I uh, would like to ask Kinkinney Kinney uh, in my report, if you would just do a, a few brief comments. Kinkinney spent some time in Washington D.C. doing some lobbying, and I'd like to have her give you an update on some of the things that she encountered uh, while she was in Washington.
8: Thank you, Michelle. Um, so uh, the work that we do is working on the prevention aspect of the uh, Affordable Care Act, and so Congress did a two-step process to repeal ACA, so it's not a question of if it's going to happen. It's a question of when it's going to happen. And right now, all of us can work to make sure that the replacement is as strong as it can be because elements of it are going to be repealed. So the the narrative that you keep hearing is that Obamacare is going to go and then 20 million people are going to use, lose their health insurance. But as we know, every single individual will be impacted in some way or the other because Part of what's happened with so much of the Affordable Care Act is it's been embedded into many other programs, especially it's 12% of the CDC budget, it's other things. So what we are gonna see coming down the pipeline with some of these fundings going away is less immunization for children, no subsidized uh, flu shots for senior citizens, You know, housing, a chronic disease prevention and things like that. So as we hunker down and look at our own mission and think about what we need to do to make sure that our hospitals are running well. As we are looking at population health management, it's so critical to see that those wellness components and prevention components that are going to be part of our success are also strong in the new plan that comes up. So I was happy to meet a lot of Republicans who are very nervous about the Uh, What's going to happen with the repeal of the ACA now that they are actually looking at? What really is going to happen in their own states? So um, We are doing um, so again uh, Organize Share stories expand the narrative especially in hospitals like ours where we do life-changing work of how that is if we can curate do that that's what lawmakers like to hear. We are lucky that we are in California in many ways, but the national um, uh, landscape is going is to impact us significantly in, in other ways. So let's be in solidarity with some of the other external stakeholders and internal stakeholders to make sure that the replacement is as strong as we can make it. And Kin so,
0: Kinney, you were there with whom? You, you say we, so what was the So my question?
8: organization works with the Trust for America's Health, TIFA as it's called, to do a lot of the prevention provisions. So we, this is a group of national coalition of people from the American Academy of Pediatrics, American Public Health Association, College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, <laughs> all, all of these who have some, um, population groups that they work with. So our work is very much into the women's preventive services and maternal and child health. But prevention, we are now looking at prevention for everybody. Like We have decided that the more you go narrow and fight with the lawmaker only for your piece of the pie, that doesn't work. This is the time where we have to make sure that the replacement is so strong that you, even if you're pediatric, you work for the senior citizens, you make sure that every vulnerable population that we have out there has a plan. Otherwise, the healthcare costs and the healthcare systems are gonna struggle mightily. So I, as I meet, I would love to have more input and stories from our providers here that I can take and give really local stories make a big difference. And we have a very committed senator and um, Senator Harris, who is very sought after in Congress right now to be one of the progressive voices of resistance and doing that. So we hope that you know we can, uh, I just want to make sure that I take very consistent messages from um, our county, from our uh, facility <coughs> with what our DC lobbyists are doing so that we have that strong message going would, but,
15: yeah.
0: Great,
15: thank you. Can I ask a question on that? Uh, I find it, as much as I, I, I chose to live in the Bay Area because of our progressive politics, in some ways it's very disempowering because I know that my elected officials are on my side mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot I can do and, and as an organization I know that California is pretty strongly blue and uh, in support of the Affordable Care Act. So. Are there, is there talk about cross-state strategies where our stories, like are there sympathetic red state representatives who wanna hear what's going on here? I mean, I know that sounds wacky, but I really don't know how we can you know, promote the fact that California has made such leaps and bounds by embracing the, the Affordable Care Act. And, and how, how do we make that more known?
8: So I would say, strategy-wise, mm-hmm. we can we have a list. I mean, of anyone who's working on ACA and things, and you could go, uh, Delvecchio like and our own uh, Ledge folks here, uh, Terry can share with us. But key uh, committees that do chair of those committees and um, you know members of those committees are some folks that you can call. But I would say that if a lot of californians start calling kentucky and saying hey do it like us it has their lines are so jammed that it has a worse effect when they hear from liberals calling them and saying you should do in your state what we do over so here so we are actually being told please don't call across state lines and jam their lines let their own people call but what we can do is call those key Committee, you know the health committee in the house, or the um, and the others, the ways and means which will be doing the replacement. Call those committee members and do that. But always um, call uh, rather than email. Um, anytime they get a phone call, their lines were very busy, and they are getting very nervous about you know what's going to happen. So
15: can I just say um, I'm from Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs>
10: Also, to ask a question, um, along the lines of what Joe just raised, um, given uh, the predominance of alternative facts about what is, it feels like we, <laughs> I'm being careful, <laughs> uh, it, it feels like we should be able, maybe on our website beyond just uh, encouraging uh, knowledge about our support for a safe place to be taken care of, it feels like we need to educate individuals why the ACA has been uh, such an important way to uh, provide assistance in health care for all. Uh, Because I do think there's a lot of confusion, even in our own state. There is still people confusing, um, you know, the term Obamacare with the ACA. That still happens, Mm -hmm. maybe not in the Bay Area, but I think in rural parts of the region as a whole. So I, I think we do owe a responsibility to have uh, information on our website that allows someone to maybe download a PDF just explaining what it is that we have been able to do as a result of the ACA being here. That, that's important. That, that would allow someone, if they so choose, from Kentucky or elsewhere, to look at places like this and say, what, what, do you, what does this mean for a community like ours?
3: Uh, If I could just share a little bit about what we're doing to uh, to that end. Um, We've been working closely with uh, the California Association of Public Hospitals to create specific narratives about uh, the impact of uh, the ACA and and the potential repeal for Alameda County. Uh, So we have a a PDF document, actually, that's uh, close to final production. Uh, that talks about this from multiple angles. So it talks about the number of people who have been insured as a result of the ACA and in Alameda County, I think that number is close to about 170,000 people, 100,000-plus 100, of those through Medicaid expansion and the rest through uh, uh, the exchanges, subsidized uh, through the exchange. Uh, we've been talking about it from the element of, um, so this is the education part of it, from the element of uh, the services that are uh, provided as a result of the ACA, so a lot of the things that we're doing. Uh, we've been talking about from the element of um, jobs and, um, you know, the, the um, well, actually the economic impact. So to us, I think the number is in the ballpark of anywhere between 92 to $100 million a year of an impact of a, just an outright appeal without any sort of replacement. Uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, the impact that that has on uh, a potential impact that can have on the workforce to provide services to people who need them. And then finally, some of those personal stories, Right now, aren't uh, down to the level of sort of individual personal stories, but aggregate impact levels. So we talked about, you know, since the ACA has been put in place, um, the expansion of our ambulatory practices. Where in certain clinical services, we've had more than a, you know, 10 to 20 percent increase in the amount of, uh, of primary and specialty care that we've been able to provide to people who are now newly insured and can have more proactive uh, engagement in their care. So, so we're close to finalizing a document that sort of does this you know, in the, in the uh, sort of most succinct way possible because there's a lot more layers to it that you get caught in the weeds. But it's a combination of both um, uh, education and, and uh, storytelling on a level that, that sort of shows a aggregate impact of, of what is at stake here. And that, though, I will uh, uh, say is specifically to, um, what's – some of it is Alameda County writ large, and then a lot of it is AHS specifically as the uh, safety net provider uh, uh, in the county. Uh, but, simultaneously, we've been talking to our colleagues at the county, at the Alliance, our uh, main uh, insurance partner, as well as the CHCN, and kind of cross-checking and making sure, because we're all doing these similar efforts, what sort of assumptions we're putting in place, because no one at this point really knows, no one, including Congress and it seems even the, uh, the President, knows what's actually going to happen here. So, so we're all sort of forming conclusions about what the potential is, uh, using our best guess, and we just want to make sure that, as much as possible, we're using sort of similar um, uh, mm-hmm. framework so that if someone were to go to the county site uh, which they just created one that fight for medical, which I showed you guys uh, and ours that they weren't getting uh, wildly conflicting mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. even though the lenses might be different in terms of what we share yeah, yeah we're almost done with it I actually didn't want to kind of pre-bake it uh, but I, I expect uh, I'm looking at Terry I think uh, we're close to being done with that I'm, I'm I don't know if Yeah, I don't know if we can do it tomorrow, because there's actually a CAPH board meeting tomorrow, but I I believe by next week we can have that out. You know, I
0: I see, I'm sorry, I I see those things as kind of getting our ducks in order, and it takes time to develop those things, and and they sound wonderful. I I do think that there ought to be, and I believe in symbols, and so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes symbols are really good. And so uh, I would like to suggest that we, particularly for our community, have some kind of banners and things out that, simple statements that we serve all Mm -hmm. you are welcome here Mm -hmm. um what i worry about in this time of crisis is that people are so frightened that they will not seek health care and solve their problems they Mm -hmm. won't come to us because of immigration issues or or worry and i don't see that it's not enough on a web page we really need to get some signs in our hospitals that that we serve all, repeating our mission. Um, and so I ask that you really consider doing some of that. Sure. It just, it needs to be much more visible while we are structuring sure. the, the, what I think the more complicated strategies.
3: So I'll, I'll, I'll suggest a couple of things that uh, we've, we've been talking about that we can accelerate our efforts on. And one is, uh, uh, while the website is certainly one way, if, if someone is proactively looking to us uh, uh, to get that information, we can find ways via social media to put that out. And that's a little bit more sort of uh, um, us proactively pushing it to people and not requiring them to come to our website. Uh, I think that would probably have a wider reach as one of the efforts. Um, we have talked about and seen a couple of examples of, um, of you know, one-pagers and things like that that people are putting in their clinics in San Francisco and, and here in Oakland that we could create as well. This is simple statements that don't necessarily get into um, uh, some of the more esoteric education points by the ACA, but just a message about who we are. Uh, Lastly, actually, in the (laughs) last day or so, um, uh, I have been in in a couple of settings where I've I've heard about um, various organizations, uh, including municipalities, so the city of Oakland, the city of Alameda, um, um, the uh, Peralta School District, uh, Children's Hospital, uh, and a couple whose boards have actually taken uh, statements to reinforce their sort of... uh, Uh, The their organization, so your organization's uh, uh, position as a uh, uh, a sanctuary entity, whatever that is. So, if it's a school, Oakland Unified uh, did something similar. Their board took a vote on this. Uh, So, uh, I would I would throw that out as if that's something you all would wish to entertain. We could certainly put together some language that would that would uh, 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 come in a form of a resolution that then we could you know espouse as the board of this organization has taken a position. I think at least as best I can tell, it would be congruent with uh, the, the the county's position and the city's position, uh, those two that I mentioned. I don't know if it would vary from others, so it's something to consider as well, but you know, it'd be up to you all to decide
13: that. And, uh, I know that the medical staff would be very happy the more out there that we can be with this message, and I know Jean would agree.
11: A lot of comments and requests from the medical staff just to say that there's uh, signage, there's some sort of like active, um, I, I know processes can take a while to sort of foment uh, the right. formality, but um, but I, I do, I have received a number of comments, just like where, where no, just, we? I,
0: And the simple things of banners on, on the walls, on the fence, that this is a safe place, um, you are all welcome here. I know those things sound tacky, but... I have used them and they work in systems. Work. Mm. And because the resolutions and it, it doesn't get necessarily to the people that, that are having the fears. And so I just might want to suggest that we have many more of those things posters on walls and the employees by word of mouth making certain that they understand where we are. Uh, less is more in, in terms of the amount of information, but just the message that we are a caring facility and you have no fear coming here.
15: If I could, I thought we were really clear at our last meeting of the last year that this board stood that way. We didn't, we couldn't take an official action, but I actually asked that we take an action and everyone agreed and we got some good press in the express for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone, we're on record, you know, publicly, so let's make it official. If we couldn't have you bring back a simple resolution to the next meeting, I mean, would be great, but I also want to add on to what you said about the flyers. I, I think that um, we serve a population, many of whom are on the other side of the digital divide, mm-hmm. and they get their information from people they trust, which are other family members who may not have questionable status who come here or go to our wellness clinics and feel safe because they're, they are, you know, they feel because they're 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 here with with all of their uh, documentation. They will be our best messengers to those who are most afraid mm-hmm. that it's okay to come here they will because the internet's not going to get to that population um, to, to that to that group right. it's, it's their family members when I think about some of the neighborhoods i've worked in where it's the that 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 aunt or that mom or that uncle who who spreads the word and they, they are the the, the the unofficial leaders in the community that will send that message out in a way that we, we, our marketing won't be able to. And so that's why I think it is important to have that simple message in our clinics especially uh, and, 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 you know, in our facilities so that, that they they'll will get the word out. And that should be part of our message is tell your family, tell your community that this, is, this will remain a use. safe place, mm-hmm. and they will, they will do that. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very simple. It's simple stuff.
3: I, I don't disagree, actually, but I, I do think that there are things that um, um, belie that that we're 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 figuring out. Oh, so, yeah. for example, you know, when when we what what does that telegraph when we say uh, uh, it's safe, you can come here? Are we are we suggesting to individuals that <laughs> if if there were information solicited about them or we were subpoenaed for some sort of information that we will we will uh, actively resist efforts to do that? I mean, that, there there are a couple of things that sort of go into what it means to be you know, a sanctuary location that isn't just a, a sort of a proclamation of a platitude. You know, it's, it's really, you know, what, what are those sorts of things that we would do? And I think to that end, uh, um, at least as far as I understand it now, uh, we are looking at kind of what sort of information do we collect, not just from patients, but also from our employees and seeing if there are things that uh, we are doing that might l- that might lend us to or make us more vulnerable to those types of requests, because we collect that type of information, and seeing whether or not we have to do that or should do that, I was happy to find out that for, for from our registration purposes, we don't collect any uh, immigration status information. One would say, nor should we, right? So, so I would, I'm happy that that is the case, because then that that doesn't uh, leave us open to any of that type of information that's solicited. Mm-hmm. But let's say that information was discovered somewhere else and then people came to, to us seeking uh, uh, access to, to records for a public record request or some other sort of official capacity, You know, we would have to uh, take a stand and we need the uh, the, um, the position of this organization, meaning this board then, to say that that is an effort or an action that you would support and know that that's what you're saying when you say these type of things. That's I all have, I'm just trying
7: to I have to, to interrupt. Um, this is, I just have to say this is not an agenda item. So we're talking about some things that I think that other people would be very interested in hearing and this discussion's been going on for some time. So I would like to either agendize this rather than using um, the chair the chair's report okay. to to advise staff to come up with a policy or something. I mean I that's kind of an action. So I
0: Fair, and and I think that yeah, this... Fair, fair criticism. Word. Yeah. Fair, fair criticism, Tracy. So, um, anyway, you heard the angst Absolutely. that I, I am expressing. I won't speak for the whole board, but, sure, so, whatever, uh, whatever, okay, okay. I, I think that was a great...
16: Can I add briefly that we also have audiences besides the East Bay Express in this town? Yeah. I would gather that the majority of citizens don't get their news from uh, a source that is, you know, I would I read it because i like to know what the enemy's doing, but, um, anyway. <laughs>
0: Uh, and if I don't know how many of you saw or participated in the county meeting this morning that was Wilma Chan sponsored, I thought it was a very, very, uh, an effective meeting, and particularly the question answer period. Of, although it was a long, it was a long meeting. Uh, the question answer period I thought gave even a little more information hmm. about the kinds of funding and local things. So if you haven't had an opportunity to see that you might go on their web page. You can see the video that is there. Uh, I think it was a very, very informative day today. Okay. That's that's the... Oh, I have one more. I beg your pardon. Um, We now, because James is leaving us, I'd like to um, form an ad hoc committee that can begin the process for vetting a new board member. Do I have any uh, volunteers for the ad hoc committee? And I'm happy to help, but... I need a couple others.
13: As I said in my email, I'm willing to serve. Thank you.
0: Anyone else?
13: <laughs> Yay,
0: thank you, Gary. Okay, so we've got three of us. Thank you, we'll start an ad hoc committee and get that moving. Thank you. Okay, I'm sorry, it's yours.
3: No apologies necessary. Thank you, I thought that was an excellent discussion and I appreciate the, 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 the comments. Um, so, I'm trying something new this month and I will beg your indulgence. Um, uh, I'm trying to be a little bit more formal with my CEO reports, um, so I hope this doesn't take too long, but I'm going to zip right through it as, as fast as possible, but a lot of important information that I wanted to share with you all. So actually, this came from the request of uh, trustee, <laughs> trustee Jensen, uh, uh, who wanted to know, uh, you know what was happening with, not this actual slide, sorry, I, I won't attribute that to you. That's my, that's my own poor humor. Uh, but you asked about you know, what has been the impact of flu season uh, throughout the organization, and I appreciate the question. Uh, I will share some just broad anecdotes. I forgot that uh, Dr. Jamaluddin was actually uh, going to be in a uh, boot camp down in Southern California um, uh, for uh, uh, chief of staffs uh, and clinical leaders uh, tomorrow, so he's not here to append uh, this. But I got some information from the team, and, um, uh, and just generally we have noticed an increase in uh, pre- presentation of influenza-like uh, uh, illnesses or ILI. Uh, to our eds and an increase in sick calls from some of our staff i haven't quite quantified that that number um uh, i was uh bedridden uh, earlier today myself not for the flu though so, but but a a really nasty cold that i can't seem to shake uh, for a week now uh anyway uh that has not had a uh, uh overly burdensome impact on our ed flow or hospital admissions some some other things have but uh it's it's seasonal and, and is expected. Uh, there has been an uh, increase in reported flu cases from our lab. Uh, and the impression is that the vaccine was uh, perhaps not, uh, was marginally effective this year, uh, uh, as uh, is suggested by statewide evidence that the number of cases of flu um, um, uh, yes, contractions have, are, are growing as well, so statewide. So, so that's what we found out is, is going on. I, can, uh, I have some more data that I haven't been able to make heads or tails of myself, so I'd rather not get that wrong. And, um, but I figured I could share with you these general sentiments. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you this. So I don't know if how, how many of you heard this today, but or this week. But the Academy came out with their um, with their nominations for the Oscars this week, and um, in the short uh, short subject documentary category, uh, there were four nominees, and one of the four is Extremists.
7: Wow.
3: wow. So. I know we're we're pretty proud of uh, Dan Krause, the the producer. So for those of you who, I I think all of you do know, but this is about uh, basically end-of-life care and some of the challenges that uh, not only families uh, face uh, in sort of uh, going through this uh, very challenging period, but also providers, and it's an incredible documentary uh, done uh, featuring um, uh, one of our uh, medicine providers, Dr. Jessica Zitter, and the uh, residents and trainees and other uh, attendees who uh, care for our patients in the ICU predominantly. Uh, who are facing uh, terminal uh, illnesses. Uh, um, I'll just say of note, uh, The Waiting Room, which is also a documentary down here, was shortlisted for the Oscars uh, or for an Academy Award and missed, we guess, by that much. Uh, So we're very excited and happy for uh, uh, the providers here for uh, bringing really, really good uh, and a uh, uh, um, um, well-produced film, bringing really good uh, focus on this very critical and important topic that doesn't just impact us in the safety net but impacts uh, uh, families all uh, all across the socioeconomic strata all across our country. So congratulations. Uh, let's see. So I'm going to share updates in two areas. I want to give you the first peek at our dashboard and how we are tracking that. And, and actually it'll be two November and December updates. And then I'll just go by our pillars and give a few uh, noteworthy updates as well. Uh, so system-wide dashboard. Um, so this is just a recall, and I won't uh, put any of this in red again, but just in, a, in the uh, uh, vein of transparency, at our education meeting uh, with the board's approval, we made some slight modifications to the dashboard. So the EBITDA target, because of the GASB-68 change, we uh, modified upwards, so the threshold was 5%, and everything is sort of shifted up by .8, so 5.8, 6.3, and 6.8. Um, uh, in quality, we had 9 of 9 for our prime uh, projects, and we don't know how we missed that, but we have 10 projects, and so again, <laughs> this is showing you that, and then all the rest of them are the same. So here's what the dashboard looks like, and I apologize if you can't see this. I think we provided it to you in a, in a uh, printed copy. But um, as is usual, stoplight, red, yellow, green, uh, is is how this works, and uh, just to kind of give you a clear sense of what each one means, let me look at this myself to so be clear. Um, if a metric is noted in red, that means that the performance is off track or greater than two percent from the desired target for where we want to be at in the current point. Uh, if it's thank you, I'm good. Uh, if it's uh, yellow, then it means that we're slightly off track, but within two percent of our target, so we're close, but you know we're we're monitoring carefully. And then green uh, obviously means that we are either meeting our target or exceeding it. And this data, the first uh, uh, table you see here is. Our results for each of our goals, um, uh, many of which are or many of uh, which are quantifiably measurable, uh, a few of whom are actually more um, uh, subjective. Project completed or project not, and is that on track or not? Um, uh, but most of them are, are measurable, as you can see here. And uh, uh, in the vein of full transparency, as of the November data, with the exception of you, if you look at the column that says time frame, some of these have. October and September, and it's because of when the data becomes available to us. But the rest of them are all for the month of November, and when we look at our performance at that point, how we fare. So you'll see a lot of red, uh, uh, particularly in access, which means that we are behind on our clinic targets. We are uh point in fact ahead of uh, our performance from last year so far, but still behind on our goal. Um, in sustainability, as of the end of November, uh, we were uh, underperforming for the month and then in the yellow zone uh, year to date. In our 10 farm projects, uh, six of those we are viewing uh, uh, based off of their status as on track and four uh, that are at risk but within 2% of kind of being where we feel we should be in that area. And you can see the rest is presented there. I'm happy to talk about any of them uh, uh, that you might be uh, more um, more interested in or going to detail on them.
7: I just want to say I like the, the last two columns, you know, the, the trends. Yeah. That's really helpful.
3: Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. I want to give uh, credit to... Uh, our quality team and, and Kenzie, uh, uh, as a leader, who helped with this, and Ishwari and, and, and her team as well, is helping us put this together. So, uh, glad that's helpful for you. Hey, uh, how oh, sorry. did you
0: set the targets?
3: The targets were the, the, the targets are these.
0: Yes, but I mean, in terms of the percentage growth, how? Mm-hmm. The, and when I see on this dashboard, you, you have the, the baseline targets, and then you have the the next level of targets. Right. So,
3: these were the goals that the, that the board approved. So. When you see baseline, that's level one. Uh When you see exceed by 0.5%, that's level two. And then when you see exceed by 1%, and we're talking about access as one, that's level three. Uh, uh, Sustainability the same. 5.8 is the goal for the year, and that's consistent with our budget. I should say, all the level one are consistent with the budget. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of them are performance in excess of the budget. So uh, for sustainability, 5.8 is the budget for the year, the approved budget. Uh, And then the others are performance above that. So that's is that that actually a question
0: no but that's all right
3: okay all right uh but these are the goals that you all approved and this is just how it reflects uh um in terms of the performance year to date on those goals okay uh this is december so a month later we're at the end of january now and so uh uh, most of this data has been or actually all of it has been updated but again just as i said with the other uh there are a few that are lagging uh, uh data points and so we have to wait until that data comes in, and in the meantime, we reflect the most recently available data. So, so all of it has been up, uh, updated by at least a, a month. Uh, so where it was September before, maybe October, if it was October, it's November, but the bulk of them are <coughs> December. And what you can see is that, uh, unfortunately, December, and the trend shows you that, that next to the last line there, that we had a dip in our ambulatory uh, clinic visits. We think it's largely based off of the holidays and sure. the more holidays in December. Yes, sir.
16: Over what period does the trend squiggle represent?
3: Oh, each, each uh, point, if you will, is a month. Does that make sense? Oh, so, so the trend, I'm sorry, starts at, in July. Uh, okay,
16: so that's over a fiscal year.
3: Correct, so each okay. point is a month in the fiscal year, yes.
16: I don't see a point, but. Wow. Or if it's a month within see, the period where really the data close, has
3: been available. Yeah. So it's all, so if you, if you, count, I'm sorry, when I say point, I mean any sort of change in the direction, so, okay. oh, <coughs> so if you see in December, the, the end of the line is basically the December point, the one before that is November, and you can sort of dial backwards from there. So each point reflects the last t- uh, date that's shown in the time frame. if that, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, so in, in access, we had a 14% drop in the month in visits, which brought our uh, total year-to-date results down by 11%, where so if you look back in November, we were down by 10%, so we pulled backwards there. Uh, we're in the process of looking at this and uh, uh, doing a deeper dive as a team to figure out what's a corrective action to move forward uh, and to get us back on track where we had had two months of uh, progressive improvement in our clinic visits. December uh, went in the opposite direction. Again, uh, sustainability, you'll see we had uh, much better performance, uh, and that performance has actually brought us on uh, on budget. So uh, David will talk a little bit about this, but a lot of that was you know higher volume, but it was also, uh, um, um, Removals of reserves and putting reserves in because of greater certainty with respect to some of the things that, for which we were previously reserving some of our revenues. So um, uh, you'll see that as of December, we've we've been able to get back on track with our uh, sustainability, but we're still monitoring that because there are some concerning signs, particularly as it relates to our expenses and and uh, getting those expenses in into control um, around labor and uh, and uh, registry utilization. Uh, um, the Sorry, the quality metrics, uh, largely the same in terms of the status. Some of the numbers have improved a little bit, but, but the status is largely the same. Uh, patient experience, about the same. I think we dipped a little bit on H-caps, uh, where we were green before year to date. We were good for the month, but um, in terms of where we need to be, we, we fell back a little bit. Uh, and then all the, all the rest of them are, as you see, I'll point out in the recruitment days that we had some um, some improvement. In this one, you'll see down means better. Uh, so before we were pretty high up to uh, year-to-date, I think 100-plus uh, days, and now we've gotten that down to 89. So, so progress in that area uh, where the goals, though, no, still is, is uh, we're off the goal or, or 2%, uh, greater than 2% uh, beyond the goal. Okay? I'm happy to talk about any more if you have any specific questions. All right. Uh, then I'll keep moving. Uh, so, that, that was the dashboard. That's how it's going to look each month. I'm certainly open to any sort of feedback or suggestions for how, how we might improve that so that you can get a better sense of how we're performing. Uh, uh, but that's, that's, otherwise, that's what I'll be bringing to you each month uh, uh, to show you where we are. Uh, so, uh, pillar based updates. So, I'll go through each of our, our pillars, and I'm just highlighting a few things that are of note uh, that I'd like to bring to the board's attention. Uh, so in access, I decided to share it with you uh, a successful collaboration that we do. So uh, many of you have heard that we do e-consult, and we do, do those internally between our, our primary care providers and our specialists for patients who are seen in our clinics. Uh, roughly June or thereabouts last year, we started a partnership with the uh, Community Healthcare Network, where uh, we work through their service, which is called Rubicon MD, to do uh, e-consults for their clinics as well. So, um, this is a tool where in the six specialties that are um, uh, noted here, again apologies for the small writing, but that's cardiology, endocrinology, gastroenterology, neurology, rheumatology, and urology, um, got all those ologies, uh, uh, we actually are at the point of, we created a unique model uh, with Rubicon and with our providers where we're the first point of access for those referrals when their providers put them in, so we get effectively probably not the right way to say it, but it's right of first refusal in the sense that they come to us first and within a uh, period of time, if we don't respond, then they time out and they go to a broader network of providers around the country who can provide mm. uh, a consultation to the provi- primary care providers about what needs to happen to a patient uh, with respect to any of these uh, clinical oh. areas for which they're referring. So what I would like to point out to you in terms of uh, good news is over the six months, all the red bars here are the actual e-consults that we've uh, accomplished and done for those clinics. So you'll see the numbers are pretty high. It's well, well in excess of 100. I think it's probably even more than that. Um, uh, and that on a scale of, so when, the, when our providers do the e-consults, their providers are able to rate us on a scale of one to five on how useful the consult was in terms of them being able to decide what, what's the appropriate course of action for our patients, so a scale of one to five, our providers are getting a rating of, an average rating of 4.91 uh, from the providers in the clinic, and the median turnaround time is how long on average or uh, as a median it takes for our providers to uh, take an e-consult that put in and, uh, that was entered by one of their providers and get a, um, a response or a consult oh, back and that's the provider, two, two hours and two 22 hours. minutes. Oh. Oh. Pretty remarkable, and actually we did the same thing for just uh, last last week, was it Dave? And the average rating for last week, obviously fewer uh, consults just for that week, uh, but five, it was an, all fives, and the average turnaround time was one hour and one minute, I believe. Wow. So really, really, uh, we, we meet with C H N Leadership Monthly to uh, work on our collaboration, and uh, uh, we did that on Tuesday of this week, I believe it was, and they were raving about the success of this program. We even talked about um, um, later this year taking this to the Board of Supervisors, showing mm-hmm. a successful collaboration between the safety net to really improve the access for our patients uh, throughout uh, the system.
13: Can you remind me if there's any remuneration opportunity here?
3: Uh, yeah, so there is. Um, uh, related to <coughs> our, the waiver, uh, the glo- global, well, I, actually, I, if there's more, but I will talk about the bigger, the, the main opportunity for us is the Global Payment Program uh, within the waiver. So the Global Payment Program, I'll remind you, is is a program that encourages us, uh, one, to move more care into the outpatient area, but two, to uh, explore uh, alternative touches and alternative means of providing access and and, and the care to our patients. We get, uh, and it's a point-based system, so the more you do, there's points ascribed to the different types of services you can provide. And so e-consults is one of those things that they're encouraging a lot more of our providers to do, and we do it internally. This is not even included in those numbers. These numbers are just for the ones that we do with the CHCN providers.
10: Could you just say a little bit about the timeout, just to help us understand what that means? Thank you. I'm
3: sorry. So timeout means uh, one of two things. So if it's under a red bar, which there are a few of those, that means that, it came to us, the provider was uh, going to respond to it, but didn't uh, do it within a reasonable time, and then it went out uh, to, to the, am, am I saying that correctly? Or, or they declined it. Or actually they declined it, in which they, they can decline saying, hmm. you know, this is, this. Actually, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I am stand corrected. The ones under the red bars are the ones where they've declined it and said, uh, this is not an appropriate console, you know, this patient doesn't need to uh, uh, um, you know, get get help, or maybe you actually need to Consult with a different service, not with this particular service. And the ones that are next to them are ones where they we didn't respond in enough time, and it went out to the market. So you'll see that that does happen in a certain in a few areas. Uh, but it's it's, we it's didn't the, have a specialist. Um, either no, we will. Yeah. what well,
15: says no specialist, no specialist, no specialist. Oh no, that, that means that
3: the specialist didn't respond. So so. The oh, more like yeah. A, oh. So it doesn't <laughs> mean we didn't. That is, these, those are the ones where none of our specialists responded. Oh, Not yeah. that we didn't have one, but none of the ones that you see there actually respond. It could and have been that they weren't. And if they don't respond, then yeah. it goes out to uh, the broader community that Rubicon has, I and see. those specialists can actually then respond. And
12: what's the time frame for that?
3: Uh, I don't remember what the time. window is. It varies there.
12: by time of day. When <clears throat> the request comes in, uh, Two to But it's typically, we have
14: between now and midnight to get something done, or if it's in the morning before 8 p.m. type of thing. So it varies by time of day wow. when, the, when the request comes in. Does it but vary it by is.
12: specialty or just by time of day?
13: No, just no. by time of day. Okay. That's crazy. I mean, I would expect it to be a couple of days before you would time it out because other, the other alternative is you send the patient, and that takes a long time.
3: Yeah. We, we were very um, uh, conservative with this program with the CHCN uh, because there was yeah. some – the, the the model that we were uh, espousing which they uh, which they gladly uh, uh, allowed us to do this model where we get the, them first uh, was not something that Rubicon had done before oh, and I so uh, there was some trepidation on their part about well what if they sit in our queue forever and we don't respond and we wanted to give them assurance that we were equally committed and so uh, that that led to you know our, our ability one to uh, uh, put something in place that they would be comfortable with and and uh, uh, fortunately something that our providers have been able to uh, uh, do with, with pretty good success
10: so this is actually suggesting we've extended our ability to care for patients well beyond our own beyond
3: immediate, our walls yeah, okay. yes yeah. absolutely yeah. and it's been well regarded so. and it's
13: something that, uh, that CHCN has wanted from us for a long time yeah. is access cool. to specialty Okay, yep. So,
3: yep. And it's helping with. So, in addition to this, we do do uh, um, uh, sort of uh, I don't know what they call them, but they're like basically collaboratives where our providers will actually uh, meet with and talk to their providers. So it's building deeper relationships, which all, often you know uh, improves the the degree of confidence and trust between providers, and that can, can then endure. One of the things we did do here. Uh, which was also a thing that they preferred, and we were happy to acquiesce. Was uh, usually, um, uh, it's at least from my experience with an e-consult service. If you decide through that consultation that a patient actually needs to be uh, have an appointment, then you directly then uh, push that patient into the uh, the appointment scheduling queue, and you go from there. Uh, they didn't want that. They were concerned about you know whether we could actually deliver on this, and then two, uh, whether they actually wanted to. You know, they didn't want to be locked into their patients having to see our providers, which. That's their prerogative and we respect that. So so we created this service so that we could give them the consult and they could decide if they thought that it was a quality consult and it was very helpful for them and then from there, if they wanted then for that patient to see that provider, mm-hmm. then we could actually, they could actually work through our, um, what do you call it? Um, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. ref track system mm-hmm. to actually get that patient uh, scheduled mm-hmm. to see a provider. It, or if they want right, prefer to it's send it's a sorry, patient sorry, to another specialist, uh, they could do that as well. My, my last question kind of about that would be, is That's
10: anyone um, on our team on population health looking at patterns of uh, utilization of specialists to, to look at, in essence, um, trends of needs as they're appearing in our region? So, hypothetical, we see a lot of patients needing more consultation about a pernicious type of Chronic conditions, something mm-hmm. that's you know un- unusual. Are, are we tying back to public health to just make sure they know something? That's like a great that? question.
3: Um, not yet. So we're still building the population health uh, team. To be perfectly honest, actually I have an interview on Monday. Um, we uh, right now uh, the major portion of the work that's happening within pop health are two things: health pack and the work around health pack and uh, the waiver. Uh, so there's a lot of effort uh, amongst the teams to move those uh, efforts forward. With respect, though, to uh, patterns and utilization, though, we have a business uh, planning and development group that's as far as team, and so we we um, are often mining data for what's happening with our system to use that to uh, inform where there are uh, 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 needs and opportunities mm-hmm. and, and, and figuring out what is our capacity direction. Because I would
10: imagine that is a huge opportunity for us to be able to anticipate certain kinds of needs. Uh, this is such a sophisticated system, I'm sure. You can look at patterns of uh, types of calls. And, and that was where I was going. Sure. So, thank you.
3: That's a great question. Um, I'm going to move forward. Yes.
8: Dave. Uh, yeah, I didn't want
14: to miss the opportunity to thank Dr. Clannon for her work. And she really ah. helped drive this initiative and help CHCN and NHS make this process happen. So th- uh, thank you. Amongst many yeah. other yeah. things. Good. Thank
3: you, Dr. Clannan. <laughs> <laughs> <Platton. laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'll keep moving to sustainability. I uh, just want to point out a few uh, uh, noteworthy uh, things, I believe, and I want to be, uh, make sure you're aware of them or update you, as it were, uh, for many of them. Uh, so uh, AB85 uh, reconciliation, so, so just to remind you, AB85 was the, uh, uh, the bill that the uh, states uh, basically passed in, in, um, in brokering with the counties to expand Medicaid per the ACA. Uh, the notion was that uh, we would have, as more people got insurance, there would be a lot a fewer indigent people, and so our uh, indigent costs or uncompensated costs should go down substantially, and the state effectively wanted to share in those, uh, those savings. And uh, that's a very crude way of sort of describing it, but that's effectively what it is. Uh, but what happens is the state, um, the state uh, at least the way it currently works, the state will sort of project or anticipate uh, a percentage of uh, cost savings that they expect each county to get, or to achieve, they will take those dollars, and then there's a true up later on. Someone will correct me if I'm getting any of this wrong, but uh, there's a true up later on where the state reconciles what actually happened to what they projected would happen, and if there are more savings, uh, then, then you, you owe money to the state, and if there were less savings or you didn't save and the state projected that you saved more than you actually did, then the state returns money to the, uh, to the safety net system. Uh, Because we're a separate uh, entity in Alameda County now, um, the the way that that works is via the county. uh, um, uh, And so the dollars for fiscal year 15 in particular uh, have been trued up by the state. And uh, the state has uh, um, determined that they took about just under $5 million more from Alameda County than than the savings actually uh, that accrued and returned that money to the county and Uh, We've been working with the county now to get those dollars, because those dollars represent cost at uh, AHS and Curry. get those dollars uh, transferred back to AHS, and uh, it's taking uh, a bit of time uh, to get that done. Um, I'm in uh, uh, constant communication with our CAO and our head of healthcare services to try to figure this out, Uh, but um, uh, hopefully we can get resolution on this soon um, and and, and move forward, because this is just one year, and there'll be other years where this will will come into play, and we just want to make sure we establish the process by which this this will occur Um, so that's one area Uh, capital cost reimbursement we've talked to you about before Uh, this is a big area where usually when we do uh, what I call our P14 cost reports that we do for the state uh, uh, we report on all of our costs not just our operating costs but also our um, our our, um, um, our capital costs and, and those fall into many areas but Two of those areas are interest and depreciation on, on facilities, and as you know, for most of our system, our facilities are actually owned by the county; they're not owned by AHS. Um, uh, but historically, uh, AHS has uh, reported those capital costs, which then get reimbursed uh, uh, to the organization or to the to us. Uh, yeah, to the organization. And uh, there's been a it's um, um, been a history in the recent years where the state has not allowed AHS to, to get credit for those costs, uh, largely because they have determined that AHS is, is not a related entity to the, to the county. Uh, we've involved council in this to try to uh, uh, get this resolved. That wasn't an issue in years past, and so it just became sort of a change in interpretation with no uh, sort of uh, precipitating change in anything we do as a county or AHS, and we're, we're disputing that. Uh, yes, sir.
16: Why are we depreciating assets that don't belong to us?
3: So, it's a great question. Uh, you like to, th- depreciating is,
16: your neighbor's house. Uh, mm-hmm.
3: well, it's more like Well, de- <laughs> <your, laughs> yes, it's it. more like depreciating your parents' house uh, <laughs> than, 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 yeah. than, than your neighbor's, but your point is taken. That's appropriate. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yes, I want I'll, I'll let David <laughs> take a stab I at this. sign up for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The
17: uh, regulations governing this issue, which is called <clears throat> capital cost reimbursement, um, they, they recognize that there are a variety of strange organizational structures within healthcare and um, sometimes it's not apparent exactly who owns and and how it works together so they've they've created a statute called uh, the related party statute which says if two organizations essentially are working together for a common purpose then for purposes of reimbursement we're going to consider them to be one. And in this particular instance, from Washington, looking at what's going on here, it may seem like a long way from here to administration downtown, but from Washington, it looks like we're the same entity. Mm-hmm. And, and they they are willing to treat us that way. So even though the county makes this investment and records the uh, depreciation, uh, we're allowed when we fill out our cost report, not our gap income statement, but our cost report, to put those expenses on the cost report and give that's the, the Makes
3: sense. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so, so sorry about that. Um, yeah, so um, as I stated, we're we are in the process now of dealing with uh, sort of various stages of appeals for various years where those costs have not been recognized. Uh, but uh, uh, to the point of this discussion, actually, uh, the, the conversation with this the county and uh, AHS recently has been who should be claiming those costs going forward um, and who's in the best position to do that to make sure that those resources come back to the county as they do every county irrespective of the fact that we're organized differently uh, the county has made a decision that the, the county wants to do that uh, going forward and intend to do that going forward uh, which we respect uh, uh, and so we're now just working with them to make sure that um, a couple of things one that we're clear on how that will work going forward so that we're, we're collectively working to make sure that those resources come back to Alameda County and then two um, to the extent that uh, we are, or because we are still in the process of doing various appeals for the years where HS claimed those costs, we want to make sure that any case that's put forward uh, by the county for claiming those costs going forward and us for dealing with the situation retrospectively, if that's how it's all going to play out, don't, uh, um, don't uh, um, conflict in a, in a way that impairs either one of our abilities mm-hmm. to address the situation going forward. So it's a little bit tricky and uh, uh, complex uh, because of the the rules and the way in which they will claim these costs are different than, it's a different sort of route and mechanism, or at least what we anticipate they'll do, is a different route and mechanism than wh- how we claim them because of what's available to them and what's available to us. And So so we're just trying to all make sure that we, we get this uh, get this right for the county. Uh, and so uh, we're in the process now of scheduling a meeting to kind of make sure that our councils and our respective uh, sort of subject matter experts and finance uh, experts are, are uh, doing the best thing uh, Possible to make sure that we all of this works out.
0: Is this the four four seven? No, no, no. These
3: are different. Uh, So so this is.
0: What is the implicate? What are the financial implications?
3: So great question. So historically, the financial implications have ranged in the in terms of actual reimbursement in a range Um,
17: of. (laughs) It's been in the three to five million per year range, but Mm -hmm. that's because the uh, facilities have no debt and they're pretty much depreciated. We have a seven hundred million dollar facility sitting next door that's carrying seven hundred. Generate about 20 million a year in interest at least. Depreciation would be about 33, 35 million. Mm -hmm. So say 50 to 60 million. Take that times our Medi Cal ratio, which is about 60%. And then take that times either 50 or 100%, depending on whether it's traditional Medi Cal or newly eligible. So say 75%. So basically it's uh, say 50 million times 60% times 70%. It's about 20 million dollars a year. Going forward for the next 20 30 years. Going forward, yeah.
0: anything retro? Uh,
17: there, there is money that has not been paid to either party, retro. We are claiming it. The state has kind of said, well, you know, we're confused. And our position is, you know, we need to work with the county to present a common uh, ask or position to them so that we can get that money. But yes, there is some
3: retro money. Mm-hmm. Those, those dollars, as you mentioned, for, for the reasons, uh, are significantly less than what, what we're talking about going forward, but mm-hmm. they're still substantial. Money is between money, between yeah. a Yeah, yeah, but probably it, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. uh, close to a million dollars. If they
13: do get that money moving forward, they're going to claim it, you said, or try
15: to yes. get it.
3: Mm-hmm. Are they going to give some of it to us? Uh, that, we don't know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really up to the county. I mean, yeah.
17: we, we get a lot of money from the county, and there's lots of deals going back. So let's just get it.
3: Um, so ACERA, the unfunded Pension Liability, is also something you have uh, heard us talk about. Uh, we, I think in the last update told you that in December we had a uh, fruitful discussion uh, uh, at, the, um, at the sort of ACERA uh, members meeting, if you will. Uh, and uh, we are proceeding uh, from, from that discussion. We uh, have reached out to ASERA and we're in the process of planning a meeting where, uh, or a discussion where uh, we will map out a process by which we can do... Uh, further analysis at our uh, at our expense to move this issue forward uh, it's particularly material uh, not just to us but uh, uh, the county in particular but other plan members as well uh, but the bigger um, impact is on to to uh, the two largest employers which in this case is AHS in the county and just to remind uh, you or to, uh, to share with uh, some of the newer trustees uh, AHS's position in this is uh, that um, uh, due to, to some structural ways in which our salary uh, um, and, and benefit costs have been structured and have evolved over time, uh, that we are in a position where our, our uh, the, the methodology that's used to uh, apportion the unfunded uh, 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 pension liability is disproportionately unfavorable to uh, AHS uh, both from uh, prior years and uh, has the potential to be that way for, for the out years if this model... Uh, sustains and so uh, we' we're, we're working to see if we can revisit this and and figure out something that we think would be more equitable and sort of close closely aligned to actual uh, pension uh, uh, costs uh, um, uh, per plan member uh, than uh, uh, a sort of uh, theoretical model that you know uh, uh, is used in these efforts uh, and and may make sense in many cases but in our case uh, uh, given the way that we are are, are modeled and we are a bit of an outlier from other plans uh, um, uh, may not make the most sense going forward. Okay, uh, ACA repeal efforts, we talked a lot about that already. I just want to make sure that, you know, the board knows that we are involved in a lot of different uh, conversations uh, around this uh, uh, and are doing exactly what Trustee Manager said, which is to really try to make sure that we are getting the education out there and we're, uh, we're getting the um, the uh, advocacy out there, uh, would, um, as you all know, that I was in I'm sorry, in Sacramento at the end of last week, meeting with uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, as well as um, uh, the President of the California Hospital Association, and talking both about things happening at the state level as well as the federal level, and kind of tea leaf reading together. Um, I wish I could say that it was a, a um, comforting uh, set of series of discussions. Uh, uh, but all i can share is uh i took my first amtrak ride uh in california which was very exciting and on the way back i learned that there's a bar you didn't know. <laughs> i really because needed you that bar but because i know. had an interview when i got back here i did not i i, I, I sustained myself until uh post five o'clock so uh, <laughs> i pat myself on the back you know? uh-huh. uh, but anyway uh, uh efforts are going in you know uh, everything from uh i think some republican senators one or two uh recently uh Suggested that there may be a bill that they can put forward that says that if you love the ACA and, and your state has gone very far, states like New York and California, uh, maybe we can make some concessions and you can keep the ACA while we dismantle it for everybody else. There's just a lot of different sort of notions being floated out there that um, uh, uh, we don't know whether to make, you know, how to make heads to tails of this, but. We'll keep monitoring it, ask that you continue to monitor it. I wanna recognize the efforts of, of those in the advocacy community, uh, including many of you and others who uh, have been um, uh, very active in uh, 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 with your voices and your feet and in, uh, in making clear that this is very important to us and not just us and the people we serve and the people who work in our organizations as well and as, as throughout the, you know, the county overall. So um, more to come on that, but we'll, we'll give you more specifics and obviously we'll have a lot more conversation around it. And then finally, uh, commercial contracts update, and I have a few slides that I'll try to zip through, but this is important given the uh, comments that we heard uh, today as well. So uh, this was a contracting update that we gave to the finance committee um, a few weeks ago. Um, and just want to reiterate a couple of points. So um, our, our position as an organization, which uh, the board uh, um, um, understood and supported when we were going through this about a, uh, a year or so ago, uh, was in fact that you know, uh, in order to improve our sustainability as an organization, we have to take every effort to basically to leave no stone unturned to find to make sure that we are being equitably uh, compensated for the services that are provided here. Uh, not just because of a principal stand about reimbursement, but it really had huge implications for a lot of things. And I'll uh, remind you of some of those things included uh, disproportionate salaries throughout our organization, which we, with the board support, have have gone a long way not completely there yet but a long way in addressing uh, thanks to some of the favorable financial performance we've had uh, uh, some of the uh, long-standing backlogs of reimbursements for various vendors uh, not just within Highland and the core, but also at Alameda Hospital uh, that we've been able to resolve uh, some <coughs> maintenance uh, uh, throughout our system all of these things are things that we you know know and understand that we need to do as an organization and and all of the resources whether they're measure a whether they're the parcel tax whether they are. Uh, other supplemental funding like the waiver or the net patient revenue that comes from uh, our MediCal, Medicare and uh, commercial payers all have to contribute to that. And, and uh, the position of this organization or at least this leadership team was that it was not fair to allow uh, commercial payers to basically be subsidized by these public sources uh, and not carry their fair weight in terms of supporting their members, plan members and getting their care. So um, uh, you recall that you, we, had, um, we had some initial uh, very good success with a couple of plans, including Kaiser, in terms of uh, being able to uh, negotiate appropriate rates. Um, uh, but also, unfortunately, we've had, as as was uh, shared today, some uh, uh, challenging, uh, some challenges with actually doing that with a couple of other uh, peers um, early on. Very very rigid uh, challenge, and since that people weren't willing to discuss this at all, uh, unfortunately, and. Uh, uh, over time, uh, some of the net effect of that has been uh, for pairs, uh, uh, their particular collection ratio has gone up because we're out of contract and they have to pay more. Uh, 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 but we have also taken steps, and I'll share that in the next slide, to try to, uh, um, as much as possible, insulate uh, the people who come to us for our care from, those, from, from this particular situation as much as possible while we work through it. And we think we've experienced some success there, uh, uh, and, and we'll share some numbers that support that. But effectively, this was the update we provided. I'm happy to say uh, that even uh, since this update, uh, we've uh, experienced a little bit more progress with these, uh, with many of these plans uh, in terms of actually uh, uh, moving the conversation along uh, and, and hopefully, uh, ultimately getting back to uh, contracts or expanding where we have uh, our relationships, even more uh, uh, coverage for, for our community. So uh, this is where we are. Um, I don't want to gloss through this because I, I suspect there are some important uh, uh, points that we want to make. Um, uh, the discount policy, uh, which is the uh, uh, what was referred to as a front pay program, uh, is that you know we we're, we're allowing uh, PPO patients who um, would get care through us or might elect to get uh, uh, elective care through the organization uh, um, uh, uh, to do so, and only by incurring the same out-of-pocket costs as they would if they were if the plan was in network. So that's that's the way in which we fashion the program. Uh, we've ded- dedicated a customer service line to working with uh, providers and patients when these things come up. So whether they need to have an ancillary service or an ambulatory procedure or an inpatient procedure, we work with them, our financial counselors to map out how this works outside of the context of an insurance plan. And you know it's not perfect and it uh, early on we had a lot of challenges with it to be clear uh, sure. Uh, but we've ironed out a lot of those wrinkles and uh, we have had consistent uh, uh, engagement and utilization of this process. Uh, we had a couple of instances where uh, providers um, uh, publicly stated that, uh, that this program didn't work and they had anecdotal evidence that it didn't work and uh, we followed up with those providers and said please share with us uh, what you're talking about and uh, upon further inquiry figured out that it in fact worked exactly the way it's intended to work. Um, uh, we haven't had any public corrections of the record, unfortunately, but that's, that's okay. Uh, again, you know there are problems uh, that we've experienced, a lot fewer than we have uh, when we first put this in place, but um, uh, this is not a position where we're comfortable either. we want this to, to be resolved and we want it to be resolved as soon as possible and we're working towards that. Uh, here, I'd say, at Alameda Hospital, we are averaging about 25 to 30 patients a month who are, are using this uh based program. Um, this is a slide that really just sort of uh, attempts to uh, demonstrate trends uh, that have been occurring, some within the time in which elevated hospital has been within the system, but others that extend be- well beyond that. So the first, uh, the first um, chart here in the upper left shows you commercial patient volume uh, over the last 10 years. and. The, uh, the pur- purple line is inpatient volume, the uh, red is observation patients. And,
0: so and the, the first one uh, does not have any Alameda patients in it? No, these That's are all, all Alameda. Alameda. All, uh,
3: all Alameda. This is all, this is, because the impact has largely been Alameda Hospital okay. uh, or the Alameda community, I would say. And so what we're trying to demonstrate is um, our comments that suggest that uh, commercial utilization of Alameda Hospital have uh, really plummeted since AHS since they joined uh, AHS is just not supported by evidence. Uh, This evidence shows you that since 2006 on the island and within Alameda Hospital specifically, through a number of reasons. Uh, uh, Changes in um, the demographics of the community, um, uh, changes in uh, the different providers who are on the island and the way in which they are organizing, uh, both Kaiser and Affinity and other, uh, Stanford's group uh, that's coming in. uh, There has been a precipitous and continuous uh, decline in commercial utilization of Alameda Hospital. And uh, yes, that has continued since they've been in uh, Alameda Health System. If you look on the lower, uh, at the bottom left here, what you also see is that there has been a sort of uh, uh, opposite effect with respect to Medi Cal. And this is just in the ED paramix, but you'll see again, uh, and this is for a three year horizon, uh, that commercial volume going down. Uh, uh, in some cases, uh, Medicare and, uh, uh, look at this, I'm sorry. Others is going down, it was lower and then it's gone down, but then, and that's mostly self pay and, and perhaps other programs that are, that are non insurance. Um, but Medicare and medical, or Medicare and commercial, going down at about the same rate over the last few years, and, and you see uh, uh, Medi Cal is the only one that's actually increasing.
0: If you took the bottom in the, and you took the top and you transposed them, it, it's difficult to see whether or not. What, what I see is the, the frustration with the Alameda is direct to, to the AHS system if you look over the trend, you know, you can see as you said that the that the payer mix is uh, that the commercial has has declined significantly over the years. Mm -hmm. But how rapidly if I'm trying to determine the how rapid that sense is from two thousand thirteen when they joined to now is has it been gradual or has it been a, a serious drop?
3: 2014. So, uh, 14. Yes. 14. Yes. Yes. So, so let's let's say so the biggest area. um, Well, let me do this. So let's look inpatient first. So if you see inpatient, that's a blue line. Uh, You see a high in 2006 of, of about 600, and you see that number coming down to about 500 in 2010. You see the number dropping by 2014. It's at 400, and it's gone from from 2014 to 2016 projected. You go from 400 to just above 300. So, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's do, what's happening on the patient no, side. Two, wait, yeah, 250. Am I looking at that right? It's more sorry. like 250. 250. Is that? Wait. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I'm sorry. So from, from 300, uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. From, what did I say, 400? Yeah, from 400 to about 250. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so a little bit of an increase, uh, to be sure. Uh, and actually, an even larger to to the point comment that was made earlier, a little bit, uh, a, a, a larger drop in the in the uh, surgery side. but. Uh, pre-2014, that number two had gone from a high, or, or a, actually a high of 600, that then went up in 2011 to about 700, but by 2014 had come back down to 400 to being uh, just above 100 now. So So there has been a, a drop, but that drop, again, it's consistent with the trend that, yeah, that was happening. i
17: can that jump in. So the message here yeah. is that... It, it, oh, that I'm that sorry, that yeah.
0: Sure, yeah. uh, go, go
17: ahead. The, um, <clears throat> the, the volumes, mm-hmm at this hospital have been declining for years and, and not because they didn't have contracts because most of this until the very end in the last year is when they haven't had contracts. The reason volume is declining is that the organization didn't invest in a primary care physician network to support the hospital. That's also why they don't have any negotiating leverage with the plans. And in this, They're in this situation where they're losing money on every commercial patient they saw even while volumes d- decreasing and the only way to turn that around and to um, position this organization for long-term success is to address the contracts unfortunately we have to go through this dance with the uh, payers, it's, uh, you know, it's just the way it is in managed care. It takes a while to get the, the collection ra- rates up after you cancel a contract. They now see it as now in their interest but we have to do that, invest in primary care then when the business starts rebuilding and, and patients will come back because it's convenient, um, the, the hospital can prosper. But the, the, you can't, when you're, you're losing money on every patient, you can't make it up on volume. Mm-hmm. You know?
3: David makes an excellent one too. So uh, even as a part of that precipitous uh, uh, continuation that goes from 14 to 16, the contracts uh, didn't go out of network until the end of 2015. Yeah. So it really was yeah. even during that time yeah. where we were still in contracts, the volume mm-hmm. continued.
16: Is there any emotional timetable that you feel these four insurance companies? I mean, I fear for my life every Tuesday when I go to Alameda Rotary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. People who are out of, you know, network, yeah. and you know, are upset, you like know, the yeah. mayor and Dr. Deutsch. So, yeah, uh,
3: yeah uh, you know, I, uh, as you, you heard, we, we, and I believe you were actually there. You were there. Recalled, we we were at the meeting where members yes. of the community. Uh, and we and could have we, made a lot of money
16: on rotten vegetables. That yeah, day. we sat there quite <clears throat>
3: diligently, uh, uh, hearing the concerns of the community, and that resonates with us on a very personal basis. So, so I, I often get somewhat uh, beside myself when there's a suggestion that because you know we're administrative leaders in this organization that we don't care about personal, and that this this action is, is in fact uh, uh, sort of congruent or consistent with that. Um, I don't. I really wish I could tell, but so much of this is is you know it takes two to tango you know we are very active and we've taken and and have appreciated the support of leaders throughout the continuum, including uh, uh, legislators at the state level interceding on our behalf at our request and the request of others to say to these various plans please come to the table and talk to this organization and figure this out Um, uh, we have taken a position as it was articulated that figuring it out isn't just let's put those rates back in place that were there before because That was part of why the organization was in significant decline before those rates were in place and they were still losing volume and they couldn't uh, improve salaries so salaries dropped way below market Uh, the facility had deferred maintenance and their vendors weren't getting paid and to do that on the backs of a parcel tax uh, uh, just seems like it's inconsistent with what the community is expecting the organization and the community to do and we're trying our darndest to fix it as much as quickly as possible so i wish i could say it but i think the more I mean, I actually even get concerned talking about this publicly because you know our boards uh, are public, but, but that pressure uh, uh, weakens our position to actually do what we need to do. Well, uh, is there these, a way to deflect
0: to deflect that advocacy toward uh, toward a different direction mm-hmm. so that you can use the power of those individuals who are very committed? To either to to go to Sacramento if that's the place, or to the insurance companies. I, I believe How there is. can we move move that so that there's a, a recognition and the use of their power?
3: I, I believe there is. I, I would say a couple of things. So one, I think what we've already done in terms of actually you know uh, taking the agency of getting uh, uh, leaders of the county and the city and the uh, state level to to put pressure on those plans uh, is one thing. I think as much as possible, and we try very diligently to talk to all of the medical staff about what's happening here and try to help them to understand the why. Uh, the more we can get their voices aligned with our voices to do this, uh, uh, that I think strengthens our ability as well. Uh, I think it's actually uh, potentially not helpful to have people uh, um, deflecting the the, the um, animus, if you will, on us because that then weakens again sure, of course. our position to, to do this. Uh, I would say finally then, uh, um, some of the work that, that, that David is talking about. The more that these plans actually you know, we're we are a relative small portion of their market share. And while, you know, the, the, the collection ratio increasing from our vantage point actually is is you know notable, and not necessarily remarkable, but it's notable, uh, it takes a little bit longer for it to hit their radar because they're going through similar sorts of things like this with other larger players. I mean at, at one point, a large part of this time uh, Anthem was going through this exact same thing with Stanford and with El Camino Hospital and, and and their point was all of our resources are devoted here And we're not saying that's not a problem. Or we're not saying that we don't want to work with you to fix it We're just saying can't do it right now, you know, they were having staff turnover There was a lot of other things that that are happening that that Further confound our ability to do this quickly um, uh, Or as quickly as we'd like for it to be but again all that stated um, uh, we are starting to see throughout all of the ones that are outstanding now uh, a lot more promising signs that we're closer to being able to broker something than we were before and yes, that's taken a lot longer than any of us would have ever anticipated. For
12: the patients in Alameda, we're affording them an in-network benefit, right? Their share of costs? I'm sorry? Yeah. Yes. To, the, to the Alameda patients, mm-hmm. yeah, but, but is that not well known? Because it seems to me that there's a misunderstanding out there. That yeah.
3: So it's 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 I think part of the misunderstanding is the, the, um, the propaganda around it. So uh, this is to the point of, if we could get people more aligned with kind of helping us to make this work, which is what happens in a lot of systems when, when these things occur, is you know people unite forces and try to figure out how to both get the patients and the providers through this while at the same time uh, um, uh, being unified and prov- uh, providing that pressure to the plans to resolve this matter. Um, every time someone goes out and says, I couldn't get into Alameda Hospital because of this and not take the opportunity, as I've said to all of our providers, anytime time any situation happens where a patient is told that they can't get the care there, let us know. And then we'll figure out if that's in fact true, but in many cases uh, it has not been, uh, uh, and we have worked out something with patients. Um, or, or, well, actually I don't think I've actually experienced this yet, where someone has told me by the time it came to me that, this, that, that a patient wasn't able to get the care there, that that was in fact true. And so it's just the, the situation where um, I think early on, and, and I'll, I'll look to the general counsel to, to uh, help me here, but I think uh, there was some uh, uh, legal uh, barriers to us uh, being more um, uh, sort of generally uh, uh, espousing our prop pay program uh, uh, in terms of uh, sort of insurance regulation in and
17: advertising this. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
3: and essentially it's a stark violation because you
14: know now you're basically. Seeking referrals you know which you know right. was, you know counter to the rules you can do it but you know it, but it's basically someone has to come to you because otherwise it looks like you're just sort of dangling that benefit to create right. yeah. new referral mm-hmm. opportunities so uh,
13: can I ask just because I'm I'm a little confused if the, when David says you know they actually have to pay full freight if if uh, if they're people come to us. That's if they get sick and end up in the emergency room and have to be admitted, then their insurance companies have to actually pay the yeah, going or, rate as opposed or to. Or
17: if they are out of network <clears throat> and decide to come to us anyway, the insurance companies have to pay.
13: <laughs> so <laughs> But it's if they try to do something that's elective and theoretically are t- told that they can't, is that um, what, what people are complaining no, if about? They,
17: if, they, if they have a PPO benefit and they choose to use our facilities for that, even though they're out of network, the plan has to pay whatever they have to pay, and we ensure that the patient is held whole and pays no more than if they had gone to a participating hospital.
13: So right. what are they complaining about? Well, it's it's. In- I mean, what instances
17: I, are not there? I'm to minimize the inconvenience, and it's very passionate, and right. we get that. Uh, it's unfortunate that it takes about a year to do this. We are in the end game right now. Not and the, reason, and the, the, the public support is good, but the reason we're in the end game is the payers, on average, are paying between 50 and 100% more in real dollars, total dollars, than they did before, even though the volume's a little bit less. And for the patients who decided to go someplace else, they're typically going to Summit or all debates, and they're paying Sutter rates which are about 50% higher than what we're asking for. So the, the payer is getting hammered too. But yeah. it's, it's, I, I it's a did. big
16: inconvenience for Alamedans, I've been told. I don't live there, yeah. I live in Oakland. Yeah. I have more doctor friends and patient friends, the doctors have lost patients because they've gone elsewhere off the yeah. island yeah. to seek. And once they leave, they say, well, you know, Oakland's not so bad, as long as it's daylight, mm-hmm. um, to get health care, and so yeah. they've seen loss. So I. I think we've been very pragmatic in our approach to, uh, and we need to talk about it as much as we can. But it's still, when you're sick and you're trying to get your bills paid you know, and you, want, you don't want to think, well, okay, this is a, a bargain, um, but it's going to be something that I have to really proactively manage rather than throw right, insurance sure. card. Right, exactly. They, have the to, they get a
3: lot more involved in sort of the finances yeah. of it and the details <clears> of it than <throat> one would like to or, or should have to given the fact that they're dealing with it. Know, clinical situation, anyway, and that should be where their focus is. I, I uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I, I the
0: me, we're going to have to move say, this I'm along. Okay, please. so I'm going to zip past it.
3: Unfortunately, I'm not going to talk a lot about this. I'm just going to say very quickly, I apologize, it's really small. Uh, we got our annual quality uh, uh, value based uh, reports recently, and I'm happy to say that in, in two of our three acute facilities, we have experienced significant uh, improvement in our uh, um, uh, performance along these uh, three indicators.
0: The strategy um, for accountability, if you can't see it, is, is an interesting <laughs> one, yeah, so, a a one. One. Yeah. so uh, <laughs> perhaps we ought
3: I, t- I, I promise you, I try very hard to make this visible, and I just, you know, my skills aren't that good, so I will rely on my team to help me a little bit more in the future, but uh, I, can, I can give you these documents. Uh, I only showed one of them, it's the Highland one. And, and, and effectively I, I, because oh, you I,
0: almost
3: showed it. Yeah. Well, I only put one in here, rather. But let me just tell you really quickly what the numbers are so that, you know, and this is just a summary because I had to pull this up. Um, in fiscal year uh, 16, our penalty was uh, just over half a million dollars. Uh, in fiscal year 16, our penalty is going to be $141,000 uh, because of improvements <laughs> and uh, reductions in hospital-acquired um, uh, conditions. Uh, improvements in uh, readmission reductions and improvement in value-based purchasing so and similar uh experience at uh, san leandro hospital uh unfortunately I'm, i have to say that alameda we went up a little bit not a lot but we went up and so our penalty was a little higher there but overall uh, great improvement uh experience so i'm going to skip this but it's a really uh great story about the fact that we had some patients who were uh, celebrating uh this is this is called Trichenella. Uh, it's a uh, roundworm and we had patients who were doing a cultural celebration for the holidays and uh, ate uh, some raw boar. Uh, the yeah. women ate it cooked, the men ate it raw, and they all ended up sick and uh, came to <laughs> hospital, about nine or 10 of them, and uh, a, uh, a, an intrepid uh, fourth year resident uh, knew, knew something about this and uh, was able to help us to quickly diagnose it. Wow. We got samples to the lab. We're even able to get them to bring in some more of the leftover raw meat, and, mm-hmm. and they found the round worm, uh, because this happens, like, it's so rare. It happens, like, nine or ten times a year, I think is what I was told. Um, like, annually. We had nine cases one weekend at Highland. Well, what does and it
0: tell you if the men eat
3: it raw? You know, <laughs> <the> whole... uh, <laughs> so, so Dr. Baden, who shared the story with me, said the moral of the story is cook your pork to 140 degrees or higher always. And, well, yes. we well don't eat wild
16: pork, I think, is yeah. the answer.
13: We all know you're supposed to do that, but in the United States, you haven't had to do it for the last... Thirty this or forty years, this because it's practically non-existent anymore. But this was a wild
3: <laughs> creature. See, I could have withheld the fact that it was a man who ate it raw, right <laughs> but you know, full disclosure. So uh, yeah, I won't have a uh, chance to talk a lot about this. Uh, but St. Rose Task Force work ongoing. Uh, we're trying to schedule a, a meet, the final meeting, I think, uh, by the end of February. Um, there was some media back in December that seemed to suggest that the final agreement was sort of in place. Uh, uh, that's not in fact true. We are certainly partnering with the county, uh, but the terms of it and some of the details, which your board pointed out as concerning to the organization, we're still working through. Uh, Eden Healthcare District. Well, you know, the report came out. We shared that with you. We have reviewed it uh, uh, extensively. Uh, public comment uh, uh, hearing scheduled January thirty first. Uh, we can pass that uh, specific details along with you uh, to you. Uh, but also, we have worked on and will be passing along to you a, a draft uh, response. Uh, we have for people your, going into the situation. Uh, we, yeah, we will be going and we encourage any trustees who are interested and available to attend as well. Yeah. Okay, uh, so quickly just want to uh, go through, zip through these, uh, welcome Dr. Pallav Babaria who you all know, she's presented to this board, she was currently uh, or formerly the uh, medical director of the K- K-6 adult medicine clinic and she's been hired as a new chief administrative officer for ambulatory services and we're excited to have her on board. Uh, You also know that we uh, recently hired uh, uh, Dr. Karen Tribble, uh, who currently works for Behavioral Health Care Services, with an extended thank you to our colleagues in the county and also apologies. uh, uh, But we kept her in the family. We're excited about that. Uh, But she will be replacing Guy Kisgaard as the uh, Chief Administrative Officer for Behavioral Health uh, starting next month. We're excited to have her join the team as well. And then finally, I just wanted to share um, uh, our health equity and, and diversity and inclusion efforts uh, continue um, as an as an organisa- organization. But in the meantime, uh, just this month, uh, one of our uh, midwives uh, partnered with our colleague who works at Kaiser, and they had a, a an article published in a peer-reviewed journal called uh, Journal of Midwifery and Health. Women's health, and uh, this was a study that they did on the impact of racism and midwifery's lack of racial diversity. And and it's a really uh, 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 informative and and, and good piece that talks about the fact that I think over 90% of midwives in the country over 90% I think are Caucasian women and they talk about that impact that it has on uh, uh, cultural uh, um, um, access uh, or or implications both within the profession uh, uh, in terms of career development advancement and support but also in terms of outcomes for patients Uh, I will send this to you guys I'd be happy to send it to you Uh, uh, but I wanted to highlight that you know while we're still organizing as an entity to create the infrastructure for the types of work we'll do in this space. Uh, it is uh, alive and well within our organization and we're very proud of our providers for doing this work. So, with that, I apologize that that took so long, but very lively discussion. And uh, uh, I'll try to maybe add a few note, fewer notes next month when I do this.
0: Well, I, I just think one of the things that would be helpful, is, and I will do that agenda planning, is that we need to allocate a given amount of time for each thing, so that reminds me not to not to talk too much on certain issues, and and maybe and for others, the number of things we for the number did. of things we process, so people have a sense. Because I lost two board members because they looked at the agenda and figured that we'd be done sooner. So okay. we okay. just need to we that's that's on my back to do sure. that. So we share this. No so doubt. I apologize for the group. Uh, okay, um, we're going to move on to uh, the elect the action items. Oh, no, wait. Got consent consent.
13: Here.
0: Uh, can I have a motion to approve? I'll move. Thank you. Second. Second. Thank you. Any questions on the consent? Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Aye.
12: Aye. Thank you. Aye.
0: Thank you, Jim. Um, action Thank item you. number one is um, I, I want to report that um It looks to me like our slate of officers, and I'll ask if there are any additions uh, publicly, but the slate of officers would be uh, for the role of president would be myself, Michelle Lawrence, Vice President Joe DeVries, and the Secretary um, Maria Hernandez. Are there any other nominations for any of these positions? (coughs) Okay, the nominations are then closed. Hearing none, um, can I have a vote to approve?
16: I'll move. Second. Second.
0: All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you. You dogs.
16: <laughs> Four more years. Uh-huh.
0: And um, uh, the appointments of committees. The what I tried to do, and I appreciate that each of you. If I could pass this out and go go around. Um, the thing that is probably the most interesting is that we have for the quality uh, for the first time we have seven members who have asked to sit on quality. Awesome. And I could have, in <coughs> fact, chosen those, but it seems to me that that's such an important aspect that I allowed the committee to be much larger. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we have Dr. Our, our doctor is going to continue to chair it. Um, and if you notice, Kinkinney has graciously agreed to be audit chair. Um, Anthony, I'm assigning uh, finance chair. Uh, Tracy Jensen will be human resources. And you see the rest as it goes through. So um, I know that you don't have to vote on this, but are there any concerns? Now is the time to get onto a committee or get off a committee? Are you guys satisfied? Are you ha- okay? Hearing none. This will be the. What? Go ahead.
14: You know, one question I want to uh, just raise. You know, the audit committee and the finance committee have the same membership, um, which and you know there are two separate chairs, you know, for those two committees. Uh, But they are each designed to serve a a separate, they they look in different directions, if you will. And so I think one of the questions I ask is, does that create any concern for anyone that you have the same people who are doing two different jobs, which are supposed to, in some respects, oversee each other, if you will? Um, I
0: would be concerned if on the audit committee the information was strictly related to finance but as i understood it in the audit committee there's a whole lot of issues relative to quality Mm -hmm. and relative to uh... human resources etc so i don't see the conflict i do see a conflict if in fact tony anthony chaired the audit committee but that would be my perspective Mm. do you see any legal issue it's just a yes or no. Do you see any legal issue?
14: No, I don't see any. Legal issue.
0: Perfect. <laughs> any? Okay. Are, are you telling me we ought to change this?
14: Nope. No, I, no nope. I like I say, it's 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 not a legal issue, and if if the board is not concerned, then that's that's all it takes.
0: Okay, could, then I think insurance. those of us who sit on and we probably ought to record it, those of us who sit on, the audit is to make certain that we are asking those pertinent questions and not be afraid to, to dwell into things that the committee, the finance committee, may have already approved, et cetera. So
17: we'll, all right. Okay. If I could, uh, interject okay. Then very I. W- quickly. Sh- yes. Could, could I just suggest on the fi- finance charter, uh, there's a 3.2.7, which is to review the results of all external audits, which we're currently not doing. That's more appropriate to do on the audit committee. <coughs>
6: finance. So.
17: Oh, so as you're going to move it to the uh, as opposed to I would to suggest fun- that since the finance committee is really not yes. doing, doing that. So yes. Yes. And
0: don't we also uh, in that audit committee when we approved that the outside auditor mm-hmm. didn't we also bring the conclusion to the board? Um, it, we brought we did, a report. Yeah, we we did. they didn't necessarily do the voice the, the uh, vote on it, but we did in fact report to to the whole board. So I think we're still okay. Okay. Are are you feeling okay with this? Mike is a little anxious. Are you feeling okay?
17: Uh, I feel fine. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. Then the committees will stand as they are. Um, Then um, can I look to the calendar, please, for the board? And there are some several changes. And if you would pull out your calendar document so that we can make certain those changes are reflected. Um, one of the changes needs to occur is, if you will notice, then we'll just start with February, that the finance and audit committee, the audit committee ought to meet immediately after the finance committee. So that's a date that would change. And, and Vanessa, you're going to you're gonna have to make note of that. So it would then be, uh, as you see in February, the audit committee then would be on the 2nd. Now there's nothing and because of the short notice with the audit committee if Rick is not ready we can cancel that and and reschedule but what we need to do is so that the members of the finance committee and the audit committee aren't using two of two days that they come to the same time so it's convenient and they just stay longer so is that a problem with the board that's what i would recommend makes it how easier How long does
16: the audit committee generally meet for
0: Depends on how talkative we are
17: so 4 hours <laughs> We're not um, quite I'd that talkative, but... Uh,
0: hour and a half? Yeah. Yeah,
12: hour and a half on uh, average. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Okay, yeah.
0: and then you notice that we moved uh, in, the pre- in an earlier version. The finance was at 4.30. It's now at 5. Okay. And what I would also recommend is that all the meetings, with the exception of QPSC start at five o'clock so that there is consistency throughout so you can put on your calendar Mm -hmm. five o'clock and that's when the meetings start and that's the exception of
13: qpsc so you're saying that the first board meeting of the month will be five o'clock five Mm o'clock
0: so that you don't have to worry about first meeting or second meeting They're five o'clock the same thing with the um Human resources.
13: Oh, and HR finance, as
0: well? HR. HR would be at five. H- well. HR would be at five. I just think the more consistent we are, the less difficulty it is for
16: less chance of mistake. Less
0: mm-hmm. chance mistakes, etc. Okay. And, and okay? what
14: time will the audit and co- compliance committee meeting start? Well, About seven. It,
0: seven.
16: It, Two hours normally for finance.
0: That's what I would think. David, do you think that that's can can do 6.30 or do you think 7 is, is reasonable?
17: Um, I, I'd say put it at 7, but I think we usually get done an hour and a half. So can,
13: Does it you know. matter if it's the same people? You just go straight into
17: well, well, you have to well, agendize yeah, it, it. It's a public uh, meeting. Public and so you have I mean, to. think we can design the agendas, and I'll work with Rick to make sure we're so concise. Be, you know.
0: Yes, so what, what I will ask is at the next board meeting, Vanessa, and have you all met... Our new secretary, I'm assuming you have, and welcome. Um, if, uh, I think, would you redo this and put it in our board packet so that we all can get a copy of? It?
16: If, if we agendize audit at 7 and finance gets over, let's say, at 6.15, can we, are there any issues with moving immediately into audit? Yes. Yes. Then maybe we need to make it 6.30. OK. Yeah. Yeah, It's good that idea. We have, if we go over, we can start late, but we can't yeah. start early. Perfect.
0: Yeah. So let's make it 6:30 then. Okay. Okay. So Vanessa, then 6:30 for for audit. Okay. Okay. So may I have a voice, uh, a vote to approve the calendar as amended? So So second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Great. Thank you. Moving to action item number four, uh, the amendment of agreement uh, for Edizy Reconstruction Management. Any? Is there any? uh, Is there going to be a presentation, or do you just want to vote on this? We
3: we did the presentation at the education.
0: Fine. May I have? I'll move. Thank you. I second. Thank you. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Um, And. Moving now to the adoption of revised board policies and procedures. I, I want to ask this question. It doesn't make any difference to me, but we, we in the past did not really live up to our policies and procedures. And so if this requires a second reading, if you didn't get to it, um, I would really invest, and there's no reason that we can't hold this off to the next meeting and give you more time, but I really met, want to make certain that you have, in fact, read these and you've looked at the nuances of language, and you make certain that we're in a good place with these things, and I think it behooves the staff to also look at this. So unless you're ready to vote on it, I, we can move it to the next meeting. So you're going to have to confess I didn't see it or whatever. You guys ready for a vote or? Can
16: we ask some yeah. questions? <coughs> sure. On page two, um, when it says three medical staff shall meet and confirm and develop a process to nominate, when is that supposed to happen? I've noticed that a lot of times we have things in here that are supposed to happen, but we don't say by when. So if they don't say by when, I mean in my life I tend to think they don't happen, and you can't okay. calendar them. Okay. So that's one Which question. Which page is it? Uh, page two—it's page thirty-six of the, of the meeting book.
8: So at the top, I'm guessing when an opening comes up, right? Like Barry's now. When Barry's come in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
13: <clears throat> what is it referring to?
0: It's I think
3: it medical, is, it's will it do yeah. the position. The seat yeah, for yeah. the medical staff. So,
0: so could, putting in a day, de- particularly if it's at the reorganization.
3: Yeah, it, it could occur. At, I'm looking at my. Uh, I, I presume it could occur at any point throughout the course of that that uh, remaining year or six months, uh, just so that it happens in enough time to uh, to, to, true to true. raise a candidate. thing that uh, this way. I'm sorry. Maybe we should
0: say no later than December. I mean, no November first, because typically. It, they they need to be appointed here right. for the organization meeting. So if you say that that they have to have an election it's before November first, somebody is in the waiting, and and Barry or whomever is sitting in the chair can do some some handover.
3: $100, $100. Uh, and it also, I think, because it, we'll have that because it also has to go to the board of supervisors. Oh wow! That's,
0: okay, so. So thank, we, you, thank you, thank you, wanna, Tony you Anthony, for bringing a, that up. A, I appreciate it. it
16: and at the bottom, uh, I'm sure it refers to board. I just want to be clear: fa- failure to attend more than three meetings. I assume that refers to board and not committee.
0: Yes.
14: Okay. It, so th- that is intended to refer only to board. Just want to make the sure full, the meetings of the board of trustees.
0: Maybe you should in- include that language, board. Board of trustees, board trustees meeting. meeting no they're all they're, they're all, all meetings the now. so a reminder that the two we're having two business meetings now a month mm-hmm. and they're formal meetings, they're not education meetings, so those are two business meetings a month. and at any time an education thing could be at either the beginning meeting or or the last meeting in the month. so mm-hmm. and this is in part so we can get business done Right. okay.
14: Is there any standard that the board's going to adopt with regard to attendance at committee meetings?
0: That's a good question.
13: Have we had one in the past? There Wasn't there one in, in the bylaws?
14: So, it was drafted to say meetings to encompass both meetings of this full board and committee meetings, but. If we limit this language to board of trustee meetings, then that means that there's effectively no standard for committee meetings.
0: Was your intention to be be a combined meeting so they could not miss, they missed one board meeting and two committee meetings, or?
13: You know, that's a lot. I mean, that's a very small number to be able to miss. Uh, I would make that a bigger number. Is it it miss
3: just (laughs) unexcused? You mean just don't show
13: up? No, no, no.
3: Is, well, it, is, is that what it means? If you excuse, does that count as a miss?
14: Well, it, so it says right now, <laughs> failure to attend more than three meetings in person annually. So uh,
13: that's a pretty tight, uh, stringent. I, okay, and
14: again, really I I don't really. <laughs> it's up to you all I to decide what you want the standard to be. The, I just that, put the that's why in there. there's
0: some of these things that we may want to, to mm-hmm. move for later. In, yeah. in part, what we experienced is that we wanted to make certain that. And this is not, this is understandable about about Jim's Jim's issue, but we want to make certain that that the trustees are in fact present and not and not doing the work away from well, the diocese. Well, so uh, yeah. that doesn't mean that you can't have those. Marie, you've called in several times mm-hmm. when you're gone. Each of us will have those moments. But the idea was that it ought not to be a an ongoing an ongoing thing. So that was the intent. I'll let you think through language as a group that you want to put in. If you will send me your suggestions, we'll hold off on this tonight. We'll bring it back, but I would like your, any edits to this thing, if you will send to me, I will forward to Mike. You raised some good things. I'm so glad we've got a good auditor here that pays attention. Well, I didn't read it. Yes, thank you. And, and,
13: and, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say about this thing, about the medical staff thing. This is like a whole new sentence here. This has never existed before, because now we have three medical staffs. And sort of how that happens is going to be interesting.
16: And maybe it doesn't need to be spelled out here, but it was just confusing to
13: me. No, I, I get now, it. So I, I sort anyway. of saw it too, but then didn't.
0: And was that the representative who sits on the board, or was that the representative who's who? No, that's who's what I thought. Sensible. I thought it was the board.
13: And, and the, question I had I think was okay so this is the first meeting of the year so this at this meeting if I am sitting or a person is sitting as a member the clock starts on our term of office but if the person who replaces any one of us gets appointed by next month according to your calculations that person's term doesn't even start being counted until the following January
14: Right. it's three years from the first annual meeting attended
13: yeah so it, it's um, so if we wanted to we'd have to be like telling the medical staff okay get ready and get your person in place and get that person appointed by this meeting <coughs> it's it, I, there are some technical well, a, issues. And Del, Del Becchio,
0: yeah, there are and Del pointed out that it has to go to the board of supervisors exactly. so um, probably getting it earlier so that we can, in fact, send it to the Board of Supervisors knowing that we're going to have a new decision. Right. Okay. As, as I say, we're going to pull this item and we'll bring it back. Any, any uh, edits that you have, if you will, send them to me, and then uh, Mike and I can work together to include what, you, what you're saying and we'll look once again for clarification on these bylaws. Is that satisfactory? Yes. Great. Okay. So... If we can just move it by consensus, we will do that. Thank you. Okay, next item. I've lost my agenda here. I think that... um,
13: Financial financial. Mm -hmm. Financial update. Financial report. Thank you.
17: (coughs) Okay. Um, Well, I'm happy to report that we're going to have favorable numbers in December. It will bring us pretty close to budget. For the year, for the six months. Um, we, as Delvecchio mentioned, we uh, are bringing in some reimbursement reserves. I'll be reporting about that on the 2nd uh, at the Finance Committee. And um, we do continue to run a negative expense variance. Uh, there was a good management meeting yesterday led by uh, Luis. Uh, I'm sure he'll be prepared to talk about how we're uh, planning to address some of the issues. Uh, budget process is well underway. Uh, I was going to report on contracting, but we 've talked about that so uh, uh, that 's my report
0: uh, david what what is the, the percentage of uh, us being over in our budget expenditures relative to uh,
17: about yeah. about four and a half percent
0: four and a half percent yeah. so the, the it 's going to affect the EBITDA margin unless we can get hold of the yeah
17: I mean I mean so far we 're making it up with um, Revenue, but it, it's you
3: know,
0: right? Because the, the re, we're still we still have a deficit, and so the idea was to keep expenses even though we're increasing our revenues, we were to keep expenses down. So, in my mind, just because we have more revenue does not excuse more expenses, so we're going to be right back in the same place we were. So, it, as, as speaking for myself, I think that you're going to have to really get a hold of those expenses because the revenues need to go toward the debt. So,
7: mm-hmm.
0: okay. okay. All right, thank you. When do
16: we actually get numbers presented to the board? As you know, I'm new. I haven't quite got the you, rhythm Usually yet. at the
0: finance meeting, you, you'll get those. And then David mm-hmm. will, in fact, bring, bring it to the total group. So I think next week you're going to bring dollars, the, the, yeah, the, the, the
17: financials are done. I'm actually writing it up today. I think we can probably get the package out tomorrow so you can read over the weekend, and uh, we can give it to the general so generally board. it's
16: the first board meeting of the month that we get actual financials at the board meeting from the previous finance month? or how?
17: So we'll be reporting December at the finance committee. So we, okay. we're essentially reporting out on the fifth week after the month end. So
14: this,
10: this is an interesting point. Um, given what happened tonight, I wonder if it at some point makes sense that we have not only a scheduled calendar date for the meetings but that we look at potentially putting themes on each of the meetings so that we don't try to cover beyond what we can cover i mean this was a you know longer meeting than normal and it just feels like given how much complexity there is um I know that there's only so far we can look at in terms of data and seeing data points change. So to burden ourselves with every single meeting having every single time looking at a finance report feels awkward. Um, and it might make more sense to do it twice a month, twice a quarter, or whenever we agree. But it does feel like not only should we calendar the day, but calendar the theme.
0: Uh, I, I think Maria, that's a great point. and at our next agenda planning with, with staff and with yeah. we, we will look at one of the reasons that the finance report has always been on there is because the finances were so so overwhelming for us that it, it was important that we kept we kept on top of that. Um, things have in fact gotten better. but I think your idea of theme, More importantly, I think what I will do is to make certain that with our agenda planning, that we try to put amount of time for each item so that we control ourselves. And I tend to be pretty verbose, too, and I apologize. So uh, we can, in fact, kind of structure this a little bit tighter. So, I think it's important
16: to get numbers, not in depth, but you, 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 you have to live them to understand them. Yes. So if, if they popped up, and I think your idea is good, but I, I think we'd miss the nuance of our mm-hmm. fluctuations if we didn't see them in some sort of a consolidated form. Well, format. and so I get be,
0: that. because because you're new the, in the finance committee, you will in fact as chair then be required to writ, write a small report for, to be on the agenda, and we can turn to you to say, are there any additional information? And at that time, you can also inform the board if there's any discrepancies that came up in the finance meeting to alert the total board of issues that you might be concerned. That
16: was one of my questions in the bylaws on the finance committee report from finance chair, and I put who, Dave? So
0: no, <laughs> it, no, it's you. It's you. which, it you wish. can work in, you it's can work the in conjunction. Print
7: where I get <laughs> the yeah.
0: Okay, so now we have that done. I, speaking of which, thank you, Barry. Committee reports, you see the uh, qual- any information that you want to share with quality
13: no i mean as you probably have realized um that for the past year at least those reports have kind of been written very brief minutes and they're you know we aren't delivering them ourselves they're just in the packets that didn't happen for this meeting partly because nobody asked me if i needed to write a report and i didn't think about it So, I mean, let me just say that we've been doing credentialing and policies and sort of the same stuff that our committee did all of last year. And now we're getting ready to revamp ourselves as the quality committee as we were in the past. And I've been working with Kinsey and Eileen Pummer and Mike to um, develop an agenda for the year that... We'll cover the quality issues as they, you know, kind of on a rotating basis, and some of them will actually be coming to this board. So that's the future of QPSC. Okay. And our recent past.
0: Jim, are you still with us? Uh, he, he's gone. Okay. Okay. Then I then we'll move off the finance report, uh, and I'm moving to information. The media report is in your packet. Um, The same thing with legislative affairs. Any additions that you want to give to that?
3: Uh, No, no, I do want to just uh, ask you uh, if you have a chance, uh, if you haven't had an opportunity. It's a big agenda and and packet, I get. But uh, if you have time to peruse some of those things, a lot of the media coverage uh, to some of the discussion we were talking about today, there's some uh, really good pieces about work that the organization has done, the medical staff has done, and uh, our residents around Uh, ACA and then a couple of other very uh, noteworthy pieces just about Mm -hmm. uh, unique programs that are happening here with our centering program and a couple of others so I just encourage you Mm -hmm. uh, at your leisure to to, uh, uh, take a look at those and if you have any questions about any of those things or you'd like to see them I'm always happy to facilitate that for you
0: thank you okay then the board is going to have to move into closed session to conference with labor negotiator Um, and so I will uh, uh, adjourn the meeting temporarily, the board's going into closed session, uh, and we will report out action after after we meet.
14: Um, Madam Chairman, if I could, so the clerk is uh, coming around to each of you. She Which needs to collect did from you pages 4 through yeah. 32 cool. from the packet that you received. Um, we should have done this um, in the separate packets, that we typically did, uh, so we we'll apologize for that oversight. So pages 4 through 32 of your packet she will be taking those away from you. Oh, that 4 through 32. 4
15: through 32. 32. Some trees. Stopping 20. Oh, we know.
13: No, don't do that. I know. It's frightening.
10: <laughs> it's frightening.
13: It is frightening. Here's one more. Thanks. Okay. There you go. So, um, and just uh, so that everyone understands, there, um, Satira and Dr. Jamalady already left because they are going to a...
11: Medical boot leadership camps.
13: boot camp. Medical leadership boot camp, and they are leaving on an earlier plane than you and you. Um, so and then Dr. Chu is already there. Is yeah, that exactly. right? Um, so we're going to have well schooled chiefs of staff by the time they get back from that. <laughs> but they will But so Dr. Magal will be leaving early, stepping out at four thirty. We may even be done by four thirty. Okay. So moving along with the agenda, the next thing is the minutes. Um, I move approval. Second. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Um, so the minutes are approved, and the next thing is the policies.
0: I move approval.
15: Second.
13: Anyone? Uh, Second. Any uh, comments or questions about them? All right. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Me Aye. too. Aye. Aye. So those are all approved. And um, it says approval of the proposed amendments to the under Leandro bylaws, but mm-hmm. wait, yeah, but we already did that last month, didn't we? It's in the minutes of, from last month. We
12: didn't do any bylaws.
13: No. That,
12: yeah. and, and the
13: minutes from last month that we just approved, it right. says that we. Did some San Leandro bylaws, so I think that was just a it copy over minutes. that didn't need yes. to be there. Yes.
0: Yes. Well,
15: well yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. From page two. See. You're absolutely right. <laughs>
13: I thought I was seeing double, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, um, November
7: 2016 policies and procedures.
13: I assume these and are we new we ones. I didn't show
7: right. you.
13: I, I, I think it just goes.
7: in November so whatever Yeah. They, yeah.
13: Okay. and we've already discussed the issue tracking um, have we anything else that we want to talk about that I, I am one thing. Yes.
7: Okay. the bylaws show and I recall that we met at 3.30 last time we met when we, when we were meeting at 3 I, I was looking at the agenda and it, I was a little confused about because the agenda says 3.30 for open session and the but it says we start at 3. Can, I'm just trying to clarify when we're going to meet. In the I
0: think the confusion came is that the new calendar with the new dates has not been approved. And really the change of time should not have occurred until the, the change, yes. until next month, oh, right. until they are all approved. So I think in the shifting of new staff, clerical staff, there was some misunderstanding. But that should have been the process, in my view, is that you stay with the old until there's a change of vote for the new. So the new vote with your new calendar will have this starting at 3, and the board meetings will be starting at 5, because that's unless the board tonight changes the time when they approve the
13: calendar and, and the um, and tracy weren't, even, weren't here we had a long discussion or a, a somewhat detailed discussion about the redesign for this committee at which will start kind of next month so we did actually jump the gun because we didn't have a long agenda for this one so we didn't need to be here early but we kind of didn't think that through and um, so <laughs> That's what happened. Um, any, any other?
0: I, I would I would like to uh, just have a discussion um, and maybe hear from the various people who are in attendance of what they are hearing about the MAC and what we could, in fact, concerns, the emails that I have received. There are people, of course, in our community like we all are. I mean, this is kind of twilight zone. Um, of the status of things, and so I would be interested from the doctors' perspective, of what they're hearing within their own medical communities relative to the AMC and ACA. Excuse it's me. All, okay. Excuse me. Did I say yeah? ACA. Sorry. The healthcare. Uh, healthcare law. So, do you have any any information? What I would be interested in is. Also at some point in time, what your lobbying groups are and how internally we work so that we have things ready when something happens that we're in a position to really go forward and have our voice heard so that we're representing the community. Um, Can you give any input, either of you, any of you?
11: Yeah, I mean, at this point I think most people are holding their breath in terms of the exact consequences um, in terms of lobbying groups, what's interesting is medicine is fairly fractured in a lot of ways. The AMA, um, it, it also, uh, nationwide, the AMA is not necessarily, um, how would you guys characterize them? I mean, they are, there are many different disparate groups, and I don't think that the ACA is 100% supported by the entire medical community. Um, I think most of the medical community in California supports it. Um, and so the CMA is, is uh, an effective lobbying group and each individual specialty has their own lobbying groups um, at the state level. And it's clear that uh, that with uh, the governor's recent uh, appointee, they're very sort of lined up against uh, any changes to the ACA, but uh, so I, I don't know what you guys yeah, think. I mean, the
4: same with physicians that I mean, that we're <coughs> most of us are concerned about what's happening, but we're waiting <coughs> to see where things are, are going I would echo what
12: Jim said about you know, the lobbying groups. It's mostly individual specialties, and the CMA as well. In do you have any thoughts, anything to
13: add? I, you know, part of what I think you might be asking is our cons- not so much the ACA piece of this, but the sort of immigration fears and uh, our patients who Worried about coming and getting medical care from us, and what our own individual medical staff is saying about that, and what we are doing to let our patients know, which I think in some ways we haven't done enough of.
11: Right. Well, in, in, correct. I mean, in November we were very clear at the board meeting in November about um, the concerns that we we had, and we asked public relations uh, Terry Lightfoot and other and and Delvecchio also sort of echoed all of our concerns Um, in terms of substantive changes so far. I haven't necessarily seen, you know, I haven't seen signage or banners saying all are welcome, that sort of thing. I'm not quite sure what is planned on the institution level.
0: Well, I I suppose that's why I raised the question. It was more about about that. Um, As we know, there are a number of cities who are, you know, doing the safe haven and the
13: Sanctuary, sanctuary. Yeah, sanctuary, I was thinking right?
0: of Nodal, Dom, and Hunchback. Yeah, Sanctuary. Um, we were doing the Sanctuary Cities, um, but there's also some ramifications relative to that. And before we get into that arena or step too soon, it certainly would be helpful, I think, if our organization were together in making certain that we had a communication that went out to our community to let them know that This is, in fact, a safe haven. It's not a sanctuary, but, in fact, it's a safe haven. And we will ethically and morally continue our our belief that we serve all. And I think the more that we can put that message out uniformly so that the administration and our doctors have this same thing, and whether it's banners or whatever, I know that the community is concerned. And we ought to be doing something much louder than we currently are. And so I would ask and so I'm wondering, you know, I can only make the plug verbally here, but I, I would hope that the groups would do something that that are putting a little more pressure to make certain that we're toning things down. I mean easing easing the stress that's out there. Okay.
11: I think we would support that. We okay. Would just wave. I, I will
0: raise it again tonight at the board meeting.
11: Thank you.
13: Other Mm-hmm.
10: Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if we shouldn't have our own letter of support for our communities. I know Del Becchio gave a statement, but is it something that the board should... you signed the
15: statement, right?
0: Yeah, I did, but you know, it, you don't know how far that is distributed, you know? It goes well, to yeah. staff, we have the ability was, to do that, but...
15: It was in the East Bay Express, too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, loved getting that good press.
0: Yeah.
10: Well, so the, the bears I think, repeating. Though. I just think repeating. You
0: know, mm-hmm. the, the repetition that this is a place where people can come and get their health care and not worry about mm-hmm. about any kind of information going to um, other agencies that can have a detrimental effect to So may,
10: um, may I share uh, the asthma uh, pay for success initiative in the county of which our firm uh, is responsible for coordinating. We had two families. Um, Out of participation for fear of um, any kind of contact with any government entity. So these are two families that uh, could have received a wonderful service to prevent an asthma related emergency (coughs) for their child, and to think that that has um, been uh, declined because of that fear is uh, pretty daunting for us. It's very difficult. So it is happening that people are finding themselves in a fearful place.
13: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Vanessa is not currently around. Do we know whether we have had any requests for public comment? Other, would you like to give your report for the session? Well, yes. Yeah, so
14: the uh, committee met in closed session and approved the credentialing reports from each of the three medical staffs and took no other
13: action says on here something about trustee comments, but or it did on something I read. But <laughs> otherwise, I think we're done. You made it. Oh, sorry. I
17: may it. Thank you. I think Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's do only do. so much now one can do with this. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, everything on my let me tell you had to
15: I
5: normally You
2: sat there
13: with your.
5: It's my pleasure. <laughs> you, you Absolutely. Not a problem. It's <laughs> right. Right. Not everyone. Oh, no. I'm sorry? So, but your sure. MEC open session MEC repe-